Welcome to episode 287 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. This is a show that we are live streaming from my front room. It is Saturday, September 19, 352. Hello, Jason. Hello, Justin. How All right, you? so I, I'm in control of the camera. Yeah, good. So I'm going to do a lot of back and forth here. Excellent. Good. Or as much as I can. All right, All right. so... Uh, all right, so this is our our show after the almost last show. After the son of the horse. Right, so we talked about last show about potentially um, ending the show. At least I brought it up because I felt like we had um, lost a certain amount of um, gusto. Yeah. We were sort of, I was concerned that we weren't talking about things that people want to hear about. Um, I wasn't convinced you were that interested and between those two things i started to question whether i wanted to continue doing it but you obviously want to continue the show right our listeners we got a lot of feedback and a lot of comments saying that you know people enjoyed listening to the show that regardless of what we talked about or what we talk about so i guess we're gonna continue doing the show for a while yay so i suggested doing it I, I think I just wrote in the comments that we'll stream it because I just assumed we'd stream to right. Cat or whatever, Periscope, um, which is something that you started doing like, I don't know, three or four shows ago you brought up. But then today you said you didn't want to do it anymore. So I want to understand what that's all about. So let's, I know a little about because you, you were bitching and moaning while you're setting stuff up. So let's, let's oh, hear you, you want talk to understand about why I don't want to stream? Let's, let's, why, why, why doesn't Justin want to stream? Go ahead. Oh, let's I'll talk tell about you. It. I've got very succinct reasons. Firstly, the setup is a pain in my ass. I've got to set up the whole house ready for streaming, which is kind of irritating. You, you saw the setup. Um, secondly, I feel like I can't be so open because it is completely live and whatever we say is auto-published to YouTube. So it makes me a little less relaxed. Um, How often do you edit stuff, edit yourself when you edit the show? Not much, but I, I want the freedom to do it, right? Okay. Not much. So texting live is a little bit of a misnomer. Texting not quite live. Well, that's very true, but but I mean, there's definitely been times when you've asked me to edit stuff out, right? And it's rare though. It's been a long time. It, it's rare. It's the same. I mean, I'm I'm the same, but it's just it's just you need that you need that safety. It, uh, it just it makes it, it it that's one thing that makes it slightly less comfortable. So, you know, it's more comfortable to have complete control. It's slightly less comfortable to be on air. That's one reason why it's slightly less comfortable. Right. But then another thing is, you know, being an ex frontman and an ex performer, it being on camera and being on air, it just, I just have the gene of like needing to put on, you know, to put on a show face, to put on a game face to do that. So, uh, so our conversation is less intimate or personal because I'm basically in kind of that kind of mode, like game face mode. Performance and mode. It's performance mode. Yeah. And so it's very, not yourself. very difficult for me to, to just be relaxed. So that's, that's a second reason that makes it slightly uncomfortable. Um, but also it's not, a super comfortable experience to control the camera for me but if you're doing the camera that like makes it makes it better i mean if we want to do this if we want to if we want to stream it we can do it but i just need to like think about that during the week and just kind of get used to it and like okay we're doing a live show we're on tv that's what we're doing okay my my general feeling is nobody really cares anyway one way or the other so it's not that big a deal no i i yeah. I, I, I just don't think i just don't think it's a big deal for most people and so when you it, it, as soon as you realize that nobody really cares I mean, nobody really cares about you. They don't really care about me. It's mildly entertaining. They don't spend a lot of time thinking about us. 
you know, if we say something stupid, we misstate something, it's whatever. You know what I mean? And it's it's and that one of the freeing things in life is once you realize how little other people are thinking about you. They're mostly just thinking about themselves. I get it. You know? And I'm and I'm just thinking about myself regarding this issue. <laughs> but um I mean, I like we have people on the stream right now. Like, what do you think? What's what's your guys's opinion? Thirty three people, seventeen here now. So, well, I don't know. Are it, they are they texting there? Uh, I don't know. They like the streams. I don't. I'm not seeing any text pop up. I should see some comments. There's no comment yet. This is, they have nothing to say about. It. I'm not so really. I don't think they care. Okay. <laughs> they don't right care enough. enough to comment. All right. I then. just think. So I think once you accept that nobody really cares, then you can be more yourself and not worry about it. I mean, all right. So, all right, on to the next thing. Well, okay, just to, ra- just to wrap that up, let's try streaming the next five shows and see how, you know, maybe it just becomes more comfortable and easier to do. That's fine. Okay, we're, okay, we're, gonna, we're going to... Five show test. We're going to wait for Justin to get more comfortable. We'll see if Justin can get more comfortable. <laughs> because yeah. i'm obviously comfortable i don't really care all right back to justin so i keep switching back and forth yeah I like the cameraman good you are the cameraman so you know what's great i'm gonna torture you with this but, but when whenever you don't want me at the camera i'm gonna like keep it an extra 10 seconds one thing one thing is if you tap your legs <laughs> like this it, it's gonna shake the camera for them so it's gonna be like we're having an earthquake and well it's gonna be like blair witch right which i love that's gonna is, shake the camera i love that show the right did you did you you saw, you saw blair witch right the Blair Witch Project, the one yeah, movie. Yeah. I did, yeah, with the woman like sniffling. Well, that's the, uh, yeah, the funny part. But did you, but you were, you remember the movie? You remember yeah, how they course. switch back and forth? And yeah. I love that movie because that was like, like an ultimate bootstrap story, right? Because I, I, I can't remember all the details, but I mean, they shot it for almost nothing. They, it was a combination, I think, 16 millimeter and video. Um, obviously, low production value, um, just three kids running around in the woods for the most part. And I think they had a lot of their, um, their marketing, I should put the camera back on me, right? So, and a lot of their marketing was like web stuff, like, you know, is this based on a true story or not? It was all yeah, kind of yeah. like that. Some of the paranormal, those paranormal movies kind of took over, kind of copied anyway. So, uh, so do you, you don't have anything else to say about um, all the comments, the, the 34 comments that was left on this show? Um, well, you looks like you got them in your, on your screen there. So what, what do you want to say about them? I mean, I, I'll say this. I mean, I was obviously, it's, I always switch the camera back. I keep, I got to remember to switch it. I wish I had like a little clicker. And don't forget to speak up as well so they can hear you. Um, uh, When, when you get that kind of positive feedback, obviously it's most motivating. You know, the whole reason that, or I should say one of the biggest reasons we did the show is getting a sense that people like watching the show, that they actually get something out of it. You know, I mean, you know, it's 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 nice when we hear that people are entertained. That's that's nice, but it's, it's also really um, cool when people say, "Oh, you know, it got me thinking about some things I had, I wasn't would have thought about before, or thinking in a new way, or gave me some good ideas, or whatever." You know, I mean, that stuff's really cool. I mean, I think that's the kind of thing you can, uh, you know, that's worth putting time into. So I want to say I think the main. Wait, you didn't put the camera on me. I'm about to. <laughs> I'm trying to get more centered. See, I'm really low. So you know, you know when you're, you know. Whoa! Sorry, guys. That's amateur camera move. See, it's on the couch. See, that's better. I'm, I'm a little more centered. Right now, I'm, I'm not going to be centered, but that's we, fine. Here we go. So I, I don't care, like how. Back on I am. Justin. You need to get a little, uh, little left. Get a little left. I'm go not left. getting left. Go left. Why would I do that? 
What, like go left. What? You, so you can be centered on that camera because you're off to the right. Why don't you go right? Wait, I because I'm because I have the thing sit on the couch here and I have almost <laughs> that's, no. That's typical, Jason. Space. See, you look. go left. I'm not moving. Well, no, because like I'm, you want me to operate the damn camera. <laughs> All right. Listen to me. I'm telling you, move left. All right. Good. Um. All right. Let's. I. You know. I think one of the one of the big things and the vibe of this is kind of different to like our normal show, isn't it? Already, you can tell. But anyway, I think one of the big things about the um. The feedback there, the 34 comments that we had, is it just doesn't matter whether it's startup or not. It doesn't really matter what we talk about. Truly, it's just the kind of ongoing relationship and different things that we, we talk about. People just don't mind. They just want to hear what we're up to. Okay. So cool. So um, you got nothing to say about that? Yeah, I think I already said it. All right. I, think I already said it, whatever I say. I'm, anyway, but I do appreciate, I do very much appreciate the positive feedback um and never gets old um it's uh you know it's um yeah it's uh it was really it was great it was great to read um yeah so glenn bennett says buy some cameras all right so like we have like a two camera I, that's the thing i was asking justin about is like could you do a two camera they shoot? don't do that though you'd have to have two streams as an audience so we could have two streams two cameras and then justin could cut it together but he already balked at that no, no, I'm not doing that. No. Yeah, we already know. We, are, we all know how lazy Justin is. But, but, you, but you could do... The, the viewer could have two streams. Potentially. They could mute one of them. Can we just call it camera A and camera B? Well, they, they, just, they could have one stream in one mobile phone and one stream in the other mobile phone. Well, people are... Can are they watch it on their, on their website? Uh, their okay, so we have one in Chrome and one in Firefox. We could have two... two, two well, you could have two Chrome, right? Two Chrome no, it's going to have the same session, isn't it? Oh, is session. it just session yeah. oriented? Yeah, it's just not URL. It's not based on URL. Oh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. How the web works? Do you have your actually unique URLs? Oh, yeah, you do have URLs on the web, don't you? Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, all right. Enough. Enough meta. Okay, I'm edited out. I I don't I don't want to do more meta. So let's let's talk about the. Uh, what, what do you got? What do you got for me? You you promised you'd bring some topics. Well, Here's my face. You, be, you, you better get ready to just. Have the next two hours of me oh, talking. Oh, God. He just scraped the front page of Hacker News. Okay, let's go. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first thing is um, I just, uh, well, basically fail fast. That's what I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking about fail fast. Fail fast. Right. So, we, so last show was a litany of my fail slow. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Fail slow. We got a we got a topic of the show. We got a title for the show already. So this, so now it's it's going to be fail fast. So the first thing that I, well, first of all, last show was so fucking painful for me, and I don't know whether the listeners realize that, but just talking about light not working, you know, the diet, the, the diet. You or saying that I wasn't into the show. All that. It's just it was just really annoying. It was really difficult. Um, but anyway, so and it kind of made, I want to put my sad face on. It almost made me think that, you know, well, even from just discussing with you that I just shouldn't even think about any kind of startupy thing. But that really is impossible for me, given that basically side projects are like my, I don't know, soccer or something. Well, hold on. Yeah. Side okay, projects okay. are like my base, my basketball. I mean, I have to have a side project. Okay. Okay. So my advice to you after the light whatever light bail give up whatever well yeah i mean but after light i said look take take the rest of the year off i mean a year until the end of the year right take a few months off 
chill out. I mean, you just got done talking about how you could retire. I mean, you were giving this big, you give this big speech on the show about how I could retire when I go on vacation. I never look at the computer, never That's look true. at the internet. True. You totally retire, and I just drink wine and eat. I'd love to eat food, and I don't know. I don't even know what you do. If like, if if ten million dropped in my lap, I would do exactly that. Okay, I'm just making faces while you talk because I'm not talking, and I'm moving All right. camera. Okay, so you gave this big speech about that. So I said, all right, well, my biggest concern with light was that, well, they had a lot of concerns. With one, that you didn't, didn't uh, do any customer development. You didn't really do any market research. You just launched into doing it. But the other thing was that really you didn't have any personal connection to it. It really wasn't important to you. Right. And I thought, you know what, you, sh- you need to find the right project, a project that you can do given your set of strengths and weaknesses, right? We all have a set of strengths and weaknesses. Your strengths are you can code like a madman. Your weaknesses are you don't go outside. <laughs> you don't go talk to human beings in person. <laughs> On the web, you're all over the place. You'll tweet, you'll tweet people until you're blue in the face. You'll, you'll email them. You'll, you'll, you'll write code, right? I, I, I'm just kidding. But the bottom you're, line you're is... You're giving me a hard time because that's not quite the person that I it's am. It's pretty much you don't go outside. You, you, you go walk around the block, but pretty much you're an inside cat. So the bottom line is finding the right project for you to really excel. So how can you do a Plugio but 10x Plugio, right? Plugio was a solid base hit. You know, right. you got to make it four, a little over $4,000 a month at its peak. It hovered around between three and four for about a year and a half, two years. I mean, that was good. Yeah. How do you do 30 to 40 grand? Right. And I, I always was very skeptical of light for obviously we've talked about that. So I was like, you know, you got to find just the right project, not just because, look, not just the right fit, but something that you can stick with, even if you start really worrying that it may not work financially, right? Because a lot of these things, you have to push through a lot of doubt and a lot of, um, I don't know, rocky uh, terrain. So my suggestion was take three months off, man. Just have a Coke and a smile, chill out. You know, you, you know, just relax in a couple months. Then it's the holidays. Let a bunch of ideas come to you. And then as, as a new year hits, in, hits, you know, it's dark early, a lot of inside time. So it's really going to be, you know, bunker down and, and work on write some code that then, then you could start on something. But you actually had, you came out of the gate, like literally the next day with an idea, project idea. Well, so, yeah. So I, of course I did because, you know, I, I'm just going to do that. Why? Well, why? So that's what I get to. Why? Why couldn't you just relax? Why do you have to do just, something like just the next not day? Ready. I'm just not ready to relax until, until um, that side project is going somewhere. Well, there is no side project there. No, but there, it's, what, no, so it's, it's, it's kind of like a part of my uh, psyche. That's like, what I was telling you. That's like, a, this is psycho, I'm trying, I want to just psychoanalyze you just for a minute. I, mean, I, just, I just want to understand <laughs> what, what is the primary driver it, because I hear different things at different times. I mean, here at certain times, I hear, you know, it's it's, you know, well, there's there's three th- three things that pop in my head that you've said over over time many times. One is you want to build a big business to show that you can. You have this sense to that you've said, I want to build it. I know it's in me. I feel the need to do it. Right. You've you've said uh, at different times um, that you uh, it's just about money. Like I just need, I want to to make a lot of money so that I'm we're financially secure and I can kind of do whatever I want, or whatever. Um, the third one I think is that you just have said, you know, you just really enjoy the process of doing startups, right? 
So um, anyway, I'm just wondering kind of what, what when you're thinking about it or not thinking about it, as you kind of look inside yourself, what is the driver right now? Why are you, why are you doing something right now? Is it like you need, is this like a, in your mind, the fastest way to increase your, the amount of money that you guys are bringing into the door every month? Or is it, um, is it something else? The, the creative process of it, like I deeply enjoy, um, the branding side of it, the creating the user experience, um, just, just creating stuff. I mean, if you really want to boil it down to what it is, is it's just, I love creating stuff. Like I like creating music until I got sick of it. I like creating software and I'll probably get sick of it. I like writing, you know, I like writing. Yeah, creating blog posts until I got sick of it. You know, I like creating, like just just creating stuff. You know, um, I would say that's probably the primary thing. I just need to be creating something. So you, so okay, so this is this is this is right now is really about scratching the creative itch. You're itching. Well, no, no, but it's 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 that that's the primary driver. But then there's another thing of it's like I feel like. A little kid is teasing me about this. Like, there's like a little kid going, "You can't do it." <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Well, it's not a little kid. <laughs> no. It's a 44 year old man sitting across from you in your living room. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's, it's. So now it's kind of. It's, I'm you know, just kidding, guys. I, I I support Justin all the way. I'm all, actually I'm a big super. Like, fan. I'm a Justin super fan. I give him a hard time when I think he's making the wrong decision. I want and I feel like he's wasting his time and he's not doing the right thing to succeed. That's the only time I give you a hard time. It's kind of like okay, now this this shit's personal. It's like you know I want to do something because it's like I got it. I got it right with Plugio, just in a very slow and a very small way. But there's a lot that I didn't get right. The mistake, like, I think the super big mistake that I made was when I put up the post Entreporn, um, a lot of people, well, a lot of, I felt that a lot of people from Hacker News, Silicon Valley kind of people said, well, you know, this is just a like lifestyle micro business. Like no one cares about that. You know, you you only just want to do small things. It was actually so, just one dude. It was that one guy, Alex something, and he was a founder of Bank Simple. He made a big thing about it and he tweaked your nose though, but I remember that. Right. So then I, so then I rewrote this post, you know, well, actually I do want to swing for the fences. And so I think that is the, the root of the problem here because basically I thought to myself, okay, I, I need to go, I've done Plugio. I need to now go for something bigger, you know, like it rather than a stepping stone and in between. And so if you, if you look at, if you look, I mean, we did Anyfu, right? Anyfu I think was more ambitious than Plugio. Right. And then Disco with Lance and Joanna. I think that was more ambitious. And um, obviously, Light was more ambitious. So I think that just the, that super organic way that Plugio started is, the, is what I should have done again. I should have done that. But the one kind of foundational aspect that I've always found super hard, but I think I may have just solved this, is how do you decide exactly what you're going to do? Like, so, you know, Amy... Oh, wait, wait, let's, let's hold up one sec before we get into that, because I know yeah. we're going to go with that. It's a whole yeah. other discussion. Right. So two things. Um, well, one thing that you talked... I'm going to put the camera on me again. So one thing that you talked... You said to me a number of times was about... You said, I want to do a proper startup. I want to raise money. Right. That you, that there was a big... Which is kind of interesting, because you're kind of on two sides. On one hand, you're, you're entrepreneur, and like, hey, 
you know, just build something organically. But that part, you know, it was more about, you know, doing something bigger. Right. But not so interested in that. Mm-hmm. The second thing was, the second thing I really want to ask you about is um, taking time off. Right. So it's like, I felt like light, you put so much into it. It was such a, an emotional roller coaster for you. Right. And then it crashed and burned. Or at least you just shut it down, right? So it's like a relationship dying, and it's like immediately Actually, jumping into a relationship. It's not shut down. I just got an order, but okay. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. You broke up with light. Maybe right. light hasn't broken up with you. Right. You broke up with light, right? right? And and I and so the, one, of the, one of the reasons I was suggesting taking some time off is this kind of an emotional thing, right? So it's like take some time off, kind of like build, get get yourself back to just even in a neutral state as opposed to like a rebound state and then figure out what you want to do next as opposed to doing something that can be a reaction to something that didn't work, which may or may not be the right thing to do. Cause a lot of times what that'll happen in, in relationships, people are reacting to their last relationship. They're not doing the right thing for themselves. Right. So I'm just curious, like why you couldn't take, you know, even like a, a month off, like what, what was going on in your head? I mean, cause obviously there's being creative, but I mean, you've, you've taken, you've taken a few weeks off or a month off just to take a vacation, right? I think I already said it. Like, it's just, it's just part of my psyche. It's like, well, no, I mean, you took, you've, you've taken, you've taken time off to go on vacation. No, no, I I think I already answered when I said that I felt like this, you know, this was something, it's kind of like taunting me. Like I need to, I need to get a win, you know? So I think that's the answer to that question. There's a little bit of an ego thing going on. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Okay. So, all right, so you were going to go on about this Mamie Hoy Matrix thing. You told me a little bit about. Well, the really, day. just, just, just. Um, well, the, the so the the very first thing was I re reexamined the meal reel concept. Okay, so fail fast, fail fast. What was that thing you were telling me about the guys who built the first human powered uh, airplane? <clears throat> the way they did it was they failed fast. They built a different version of like a propeller. I, did I tell you this? Yeah, you were telling me about this, and it was like... When was this conversation? This must have been a while probably ago. Probably a couple of years ago. And you said, you said the reason why they succeeded, the, re- the single reason why the guy said he succeeded was because he built a modular system that allowed him to try a test flight every day with a slight difference. So basically, he could fail fast, and then that's how in a year they got to this point where they had human-powered flight. By the way, I have zero recollection of this conversation. <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't say this to you. I just have no... Recollection. Maybe, maybe I did say this to you. Maybe you read it in a blog post somewhere. No, but no, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll take credit for it. It was you. I, it was you. <laughs> and so, so like, I don't know. I okay. recent, I, I, you know, during this whole thing, I kind of saw something about some blog post came up on Hacker News about failing fast. Didn't talk about that particular issue, that that plain example, but it reminded me of that, and it makes logical sense to me. And basically, what they were saying was, you know, the more swings of bat you have, the more opportunities you have to find something that sticks. And so. That made me think that I need to be less attached to the creation of the ideas, do a lot more validation, as we already know, but like it really made it sink into my head. So the first thing I did was I thought of that project meal reel. I thought, okay, I want to try and validate this and see how quickly I can validate it. Right. So the meal reel idea is basically you snap pictures of food and um, it gives you a track and, you know, there's whole studies about the fact that if you log food you it's more successful so anyway i thought that there was a you know a bigger idea or an interesting idea for this where personal trainers could basically 
give this app to their clients and track everything that they ate. I got the idea because my personal trainer asked me to send her pictures every day. Mm-hmm. You know, she, that's where the idea came from. And it was always in my mind. So anyway, so I wanted to validate this and I put this idea on a forum. For um, trainers. For trainers. And put, put it up there and like 200 people viewed it and no one responded. So that's a pretty big inclination of like, don't pursue this. Mm-hmm. And, and then that brought me to this, this point that I'm trying to tell you, which is how the hell do you like think of these ideas? I mean, where should, what should you be doing? Where should you be working? Where should you be focusing? And it kind of reminded me of the Amy Hoy Safari, you know, sales safari thing where you find a marketplace. But like, what marketplace? You know, you find a marketplace and you look for their problems. But, but what marketplace? I mean, and I see that she's subsequently revised her advice to say, actually just, you know, if you're a PHP programmer, build something for PHP programmers. If you're a JavaScript programmer, build something for JavaScript programmers. But that still doesn't quite feel like, I don't know, just still doesn't quite do it for me. Well, I think that's pretty limited these days. I think building stuff for other coders is not always the best idea. So one thing I did then was to join um, the Slack community for bootstrappers which is called uh, bootstrapchat.com. There's a thousand bootstrappers on there. And I started, uh, I just went and said, hey, I am Justin. I have a problem. I can pretty much build anything and I have no idea what I want to build. <laughs> what, what, now, what was the one you found? Startup Guild. So it's just right. like Startup Guild. It's like Startup Guild. And, I, and in fact, I posted to Startup Guild to, to everyone. Listen, check out this The three place. people who still go to Startup yeah. Guild? Like, check out this place. <laughs> like, this is... This is good. So I, I heard there's a funniest thing you created and you got a lot of people into it and then you just like walked away and you left it. And I always say, why, why would you? Okay. So as I say, just so we're brought this topic. Fuck. Why did well, you? just like, why, you, 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 Jason. No, I mean, I'm just wondering. You started it up. You got, you love startups, right? You love startups. You love talking about it. You spent a few weeks kind of getting it going. You got it up on Yammer. You got everything going. And then and then you just kind of like bailed. It was like weird. It's like you start, it's like you invite a bunch of people to a party and like 8.30, you just went home. Everybody's <laughs> like, we're just to go. You just took off. And you're, I was like, well, what? I, I don't see what was the point of that, right? Why did you create a party and leave, you know, an hour into it? Firstly, <laughs> I want to say, like, when, when did this dynamic start becoming Jason, like, I don't know, ripping into Justin? I'm just hey, asking okay. because you're, ta- you're talking about how you joined this startup. I'm All just right. like, oh, by the way, remember but Startup that, Guild? That aside, okay, <laughs> I already did that pretty successfully with the Virtual Irish Pub where I didn't really go in there and talk to people. It was just creating a chat community and people talk to each other. But, that, it, but you made money off that, right? No. You didn't make any money after? No, made no money. And, it's, and Startup Guild was exactly the same scenario. You know, basically, I just wanted to capitalize on the fact that there was a lot of people who felt this way to give them a place to talk. If it flourished, it flourished. And if it didn't, it didn't. I didn't want to. You, weren't, you, didn't want to be, you don't be the gardener. No, exactly. All right. So you joined, so, okay, so you're, so you joined so anyway, someone else's, you walked in someone else's anything garden. Anything else I need to? Uh, I'll, I'll let, I will, uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, um. Okay, so you, so you walked in this other guard. Who's the guard? It's a, a Slack guard. A sl- a okay. Slack, uh, no, we'll call, not, I'll just call it Startup guarded. Guild on Slack. No, it's called... No, because people should join it, I believe. It's bootstrapchat.com. All bootstrapchat.com. Right. All right, so you got that. All right. Okay, so you went on there and you said, Hi, I'm Justin Vincent. I'm addicted to startups. Um, This is my 12th Side step. projects. I'm addicted to side projects. Let's be I don't clear. know what to build. I have a full-time job. 
I'm just doing side projects. Right. Okay. Okay. So, but I don't know what to build, and so with this so whole anyway, thing, Ken Wallace and um, Devin Thayer started talking to me and just had some nice backwards and forwards, you know, via Slack about that. And um, so Kevin sent me something great, which is uh, this decision decision matrix by Fizzle, which is uh, Fizzle.co. So basically, check out Fizzle.co. It's a uh, it's kind of video site tutorial about building a startup. Yeah. But anyway, this, this matrix was kind of interesting. And it really was just talking about what area should you be focusing in, even thinking about your problems in the first place. So I th- and it just, you just type out into, well, I created a spreadsheet based on the, the theory. And I put plant-based veganism. I'm interested in that. You know, I put PHP. I'm interested in that. Titanium. I'm interested in that. Salt stack. I'm interested in that. So a whole bunch of stuff. And obviously, startups, right? You know, the startup world and uh, podcasting. So anyway, the, the kind of questions that they ask you are, you know, do you know any thought leaders in this space? Do you have any experience in this space? And you kind of put a, a score one to 10. So the startups was just like twice as, there was twice as many points in that category as any other category. And it just made me think, wow, that's kind of crazy. You know, there's like, th- there's a lot of benefits that I have there in that category. Um, so I started just thinking about problems about that, about what it's like to be in a startup, to work as a remote team, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I started uh, getting interesting, interesting All right, problems. so let's talk about your new idea. You, you don't want to hear anything else about getting there? I don't know. I see, pro- okay, so... The problem with this is Justin told me the whole damn story at lunch that day, so I'm kind of have to listen to it a second time. And unfortunately, I'm not a good actor pretending like I'm interested when I'm not because I already heard the whole story. So it's like, let's let's go, like get to the point, let's get to the fun stuff because like I already heard this whole damn Matrix thing, blah blah blah. All right, let's go, let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I can skip the the part. Okay. All right, we'll go. Just all right, all right. So 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 the first thing that like so anyway, um, I just started thinking about startup problems like. One problem is trying to decide what product to build. Another one is, you know, marketing my startup, finding development resources, outsourcing work, making bad technical decisions, customer support, building the correct things for my product, blah, blah, blah. And one of the things that really has You're been... You're on camera, by the way. So are you reading notes? Yep. Okay. So one, of the, one of the things that's been a bugbear for me is um, ongoing voice-based uh, meetings, just issues around that, like the fact that if you're using... Slack and you're using Skype and you're using Hangouts and you're doing projects and like you're pasting stuff in Slack, you're pasting stuff in Skype, you're putting stuff in Hangouts and there's no kind of true good train of stuff like just if it was like a unified interface. So my first thought was okay how about like combining video or audio chat with this kind of like a bug tracking style software so that you kind of, with it, with every conversation, you were like tracking it and it was all kind of logged in the first place. And what came out of that was it'd be cool to kind of have the transcripts there, you know, so you could pass that through some of the, um, a- like Twilio has an API for transcripts. And so you could see, as well as having all of the, all of the stuff that you typed and the images that you added, you'd also have the transcripts. But that, it kind of, did that make sense, right? But it kind of is a big, a big project. So I spent a lot of time thinking about that and going backwards and forwards and mulling it over, looking for the smallest interesting part. And um, 
I thought that the transcripting part was kind of interesting. And I, I'm not very good at ex- describing this, this concept or this business yet. But anyway, it's called Spoke. And you can check it out at getspoke.net. Well, read the, uh, the tagline. Yeah, I'll read the tagline. So mm-hmm. basically, getspoke.net. So, um, and by the way, right now, um, I'm just going through validation phase. Like, I haven't built anything other than a web page. All right. And got, okay. Now, what I told him at lunch on <laughs> was Tuesday, <laughs> that was Tuesday, like, don't build shit. I don't want to hear about any building anything. And he w- just was spending a lot of time starting to, like, bit twiddle with the, uh, the UI and the icon. I'm like, all right, all right. Like, I get you spend a few hours with that stuff. That's fine. But bottom line Get through that quickly. Don't become emotionally attached to this brand. Don't get emotionally attached to the icon or the name. Just get something that represents the idea, gets the message across, looks professional, and then validate it and see if you can get traffic there and see if you can get people who are actually interested in the service who might actually put their email address down or a landing page. I mean, everybody knows that stuff. So that was my big emphasis both at lunch and then on Skype the other day where I had to kind of like chat storm you not don't get don't don't make love to the brand, Justin. No, no making love to the brand because I know you love it. I know you love the brand. I know you love I know you love the process of, of, of brainstorming a brand and, 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 and cultivating it and imagining it and fantasizing about it and massaging the brand and massaging the, <laughs> massaging the domain name and, the, and oh, it just it feels so good. But you got to resist because it's just as much of sort of a, it's like startup masturbation. It's just as much as like writing building out all this code. Oh, we got this big scales, man. We got to have like all this horizontal scaling and stuff, right? It's just like go out there and see if you get any traffic there because it really none of this stuff's going to matter. And right. so I'm really, really happy yeah, so that I, you probably only, because you actually probably spent more time than than you probably should have, but it does look really good. I think it looks excellent. In fact, Colby saw it and said it looks awesome. So, <laughs> but at least you didn't spend more than a week on it. Right. Yeah. So I, I disagree with you about one aspect of it. Like, it would be really easy to just put like a text file up there and say, this is my idea and send people to it. But like, that would be did shit. Did I say text file? <laughs> I did not say text file. Stupid. It would be really easy to just pick a stupid, crappy icon. But would you do that? No, Jason Roberts would never fucking do that. So you can give that advice, but you would never do that in a million years. I have worked with you. I have spent six months doing the AnyFoo front page branding logo with you before we did any code. So, so like... No, that wasn't parallel. Anyway, the point is, so you're going to validate this, right? I mean, yeah. yeah I, I, I was just say, validating it. That's fine, that's I fine. Spe- I, I do think that it should be good looking I, I you know, look, have a nice brand. I agree. We learned lessons together on... <laughs> we, learned that, we learned that lesson together on AnyFoo. Yeah. Right? And so I'm just saying, learn... <laughs> take the lessons that you've learned on AnyFoo, on PlugEO, on Disco, on Light and do do it the right way so that in on the whole fell fast mantra right you know if you have to cycle through a dozen startup ideas over the next three to six months that's fine you don't want to like the worst thing to do is you like is you is you make love to one idea you fantasize about it you get married to it you just you spend all time building it and build stuff and, and then and it's like light all over again which was six months of 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 yeah, of, of brand and tech development, and then you, and you realize, oh crap, there's nowhere well to get. I, I don't really have the you didn't really have the ability to or the finances to 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 create uh, the the market that you needed. All right, is, all right. Is the camera on me? 
Yeah, turns out the whole time. Oh, right. Yeah. So I agree. But uh, what I would say is I don't think 12 startups in three. I think. I'm just. Okay, I think but- more like one, maybe one a month, 12 a year. Right. Or maybe one every two weeks. Well, you could, you could, you could, I mean, you could cycle through one every couple of weeks. I mean, you could come up with a brand one page. One every couple of weeks. Yeah. You could you could brainstorm and the, the rate you come up with ideas you come up with a lot of ideas you come up with a, you come up with an idea you probably you have a whole list of ideas you come up with an idea you come up with a web you could you could come up with a, a landing page like that in a day you could come up with every day if you wanted to right there's no question that you could do that but, you could do but that. the good news is now is I have a I have a consumer space to think of those ideas whereas before it was just like this one and that one and this one and Wait, like, what do you mean you have a consumer space like startups. Like before, it was just like a pizza, a pizzeria, like a, okay. mobile, a mobile app, or this or that. Anyway, so we'll, I'll just, we'll just get into what this is. So it's called Spoke, as in I spoke something. I have spoken. Um, getspoke.net. And the headline is Instant Notes for All Your Team Meetings, Transcribed, Summarized, and Searchable. So basically, you just click record. And uh, Spoke transcribes the meeting from your computer mic or from a dial-in conference call. So basically, you can, you can dial into this thing. This thing can dial out to you or you can just uh, record it on, uh, with an app on the iPhone or uh, you can... All right, so if I'm going to do like Google Hangouts or Skype, those are the two ways that I do it. I know uh, Web or GoToMeeting, things like that. So if I'm going to use one of those, how would I do it? You just basically call out to the number. So basically... Wh- Gets in spoke it there's projects so basically think of like Basecamp, but like Basecamp that's driven by audio so i don't use Basecamp, so i don't know what okay you're talking it's about. projects so i mean you, i know that you've but got a project that's like uber another project that's math Academy. okay right right so, but so I mean, each project has a phone number each project has a phone number and you just basically when you're talking about that on skype you just start you just like add that phone number okay so there's jason justin phil Doing yeah. a call, and there's this fourth person, which is actually just a phone number going spoke, into yeah. Spoke. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And Spoke knows about Jason, Justin, and Phil because you're all team members. So what happens is it transcribes the conversation. You type in a couple of keywords, like maybe what you're talking about today is, I don't know, give me something like see it. Branding, UI. Okay, branding, UI. Okay, so you type in a couple of keywords, right? So it creates auto notes for you based on those keywords because you know that's your main topic. And what it'll do is it'll pick it'll pick parts of the conversation out and put like a nice little summary email for you. But also, it's everything's basically once it's in there, it's all you know completely searchable. So you can kind of go in and search through like two months worth of meetings. So because everything's turned into text, and so you could t- search for branding UI, right? And you're going to get all these results uh, listed about that, and you can quickly click on them, and it will go to the different parts of the audio and play them back. But another nice little thing that it has is basically an editor that makes it super easy to create content from any audio. So let's say you had a meeting with someone and you thought this would make a cool blog post, right? You just open open it up and you've got the transcript on the left and on the right you have an editor. It's just like a like a typical tiny MCE kind of editor or whatever, just like a Yeah, yeah, I get it. Right. Yeah. And you and you can just search and find little snippets and you can scroll through and just drag stuff from the main transcript, click a button, it'll copy it into the right. So it gives you that raw content, you know? To just build stuff up really quickly? I mean, wouldn't it just... Okay. All right. So here's where I think... I'm not sure that is that meaningful or not. I like. Okay, I want to say something about the idea. Yeah. I like it. I thought Mealware was stupid. 
wasn't a, I, I really did. I thought Miro was dumb. Not that you put any time with that. I, I didn't like that. Yeah. I was never super crazy about Plugio. I was never a big fan. I didn't really understand disco, so I can't really have much of an opinion about it. I didn't think light was going to work. Um, I always hoped you, these things would work for you. I didn't think it worked. I think this could work. I like it. I like as a fit for you because I think you can do it. I think you can do a good job with it. Um, I like I like the brand. I like the name. I think it's good. I think all around it looks promising. Right. Um, so I just want to say that out of the gate. I think your landing page looks fantastic. It's great. Thank you. So good. So Justin's like paint, just you're painting me as a bad guy. I'm a, I'm a naysayer. I'm trying to be the honest. And you are a bad guy. I am. I'm a bad man. I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it real. How many, no. how many people do we have online right now? Uh, 32 people. Right. So, I mean, I just want you to succeed, right? If I see you do, it's like, it's like when you, it's like with the diet stuff or working out, if you're doing stuff that I know or really think is going to fail, I'm not going to say, Hey, good job. You should do it. I'm gonna like, Justin, that's a terrible idea. Right. Cause I, if I, 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 I'd rather hurt your feelings and have you succeed than make you feel good and fail. All right. <laughs> that's kind of my position on things. Um, so, Anyway, I like spoke. So, you know, initially we spoke. We spoke. See, I like it. Just same reason I like drip for, for you know, for uh, Rob's company, which was like name sort of the generic, right? Spoke sounds great. Right. It's a good fit. Um, I named the generic. So, um, you, you initially said, I said, well, how are you going to get the start? And you're like, well, you know, I get this community of bootstrappers and stuff. And we talked to them. And I think I, that's bad idea because i think they're not really your audience bootstrappers and people who have one two three people in their company tops don't really need this this is going to be for teams this is for larger organizations it doesn't have to be at&t but it could be we're groups of people and it's harder keeping track of who said what to who and do we have that a transcript of that conversation or there was a meeting or whatever so doing it that way i thought was just even if you could pull on some customers, it's not really telling, it's not going to validate it. It's not telling you. If, if you didn't get any customers, it's not telling you anything because you're asking the wrong, the wrong group. And if you didn't, it's not telling you like, oh, oh nobody, you know. Anyway, the, the bottom line is, I, I, my, my suggestion to you, and I don't know what you followed up on or what you think of now is just do the old fashioned thing. Go buy some AdWords or whatever on Google and see how much it costs to buy traffic your landing page. Right, right. Um, I mean, so yeah, because you're thinking you're you're taking it very literally about as it's described, but but there are a couple of possibilities, um, possible businesses where it might shine more. So the the technology, the concept, the technology. So for example, it works well for creating minutes, which we've just described. Yeah, but, that's good. But stand up notes is also interesting, and that's just about team meetings, but. Also, podcast transcripts, for example. So, basically, this podcast that we're recording right now, if that was automatically transcribed and it was super easy for you to do show notes, that could be kind of interesting for you. Yeah, but you know what? Most podcasts, people aren't spending a lot of money. I mean, who right, cares? Right. I and mean, we had a company that contacted us about it, and we're like, oh, that's cute. No, who cares? I'm just, I'm just telling no. you the different things. Like, so, customer testimonial, you know, you have conversations with customers, you create testimonial, help, you have, you have like support conversations with customers. And you can basically just create actual support pages by just the answer that you speak. You know, legal notes um, for, you know, just to record everything. Like even, I don't know, investor meetings. I mean, outsourcing specs. I mean, think about what a pain in the ass it is to do outsourcing, right? And to make sure that the people understand what you said 
Well, if they just literally with if, with every conversation, they could just go and search. Yeah, and look through yeah, it. yeah. I get it. I get. It. I think a lot of good op- options. For yes, this. there's a lot of good use cases. I should say. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly going to be businesses, and it's not going to be the one, two, and three person business. I think mostly, and because one or two, three person businesses don't want to spend money on anything. First of all, they're, they're, not, they're and so your pricing, any kind of pricing structure you work for them is going to screw you later, and you're going to waste time trying to um, win over the wrong people. I think really what you're building is for companies. It's it's you know twenty and up. Well, let me give an example of what I mean by talking to the bootstrapping audience. Like for example, the people who are listening to this show right now. So what I would say to them is, oh, sorry, I'm just I'm just looking skeptical. That's the little camera. I'm looking, looking skeptical. All right, now Justin. What I would say to them is, guys and girls, please go to getspoke.net. Check it out. See if you think that it would be something interesting for you. Um, where you would be thinking, oh, wow, I can see how that could solve a problem for me and I would spend money on it. But perhaps more importantly, do you know anyone who you think that I should be speaking to who you really do think is the right kind of target person for this? Someone who is a proper business that Jason's talking about, someone where this really could solve a problem for them and someone who had cash. So like the kind of, I guess the outreach effect through the people that we know that's what I would say. Uh, you know. So you're, are, you, are you going? Are you going to try and validate it by buying some traffic and seeing how much it costs you to, or not? I definitely will. Yeah, but I mean, the one question is: is I wonder what I need. I need to think. Yes, is the answer. Okay. But I'm just musing right now. I wonder what I would target. Would I target like legal keywords? Would I target team keywords? You know, I don't know what I would target. I'm just. Well, I my recommendation, as I was at lunch the other day, is that you spend a lot of time learning how to do that. Right. I think that's, I think, yeah, sure, fine. Reach out to people, um, you know, but I don't think, I mean, bootstrappers are not your target. Maybe there are people who listen to the show who work for companies and go, oh, yeah, our company could use this. Well, that's, that's, that's happened useful. to us. That has happened once That's already. fine, but it's not yeah. validating it as merely as much as if you could figure out how you're, like, the question is, it's not just finding out are there people out there. It's like, how the hell are you going to get them in a repeatable manner, right? How much is it going to cost you? But in marketing that- dollars to buy traffic or to whatever to get people to it. I mean, it's like if 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 you have to spend a thousand dollars to get one customer on you know Google Ads or Facebook or whatever, then that tells you something. If you don't, I think that's a big thing. If you can go out and say, okay, well, hey, it's just just like I was saying that day. It's like you go out and you and you find six or seven customers from this Bootstrap chat community, and you find a handful from a Texting customer. So okay. Great. Now you got your nine customers. How are we going to get what you need uh, 500 to make a really good business? Or like, how are you going to grow that? And so one of the things that you need to be able to answer, I think, for yourself as a businessman, or if you're, you know, this is the kind of thing is like if you're, a, this, is the, this is the question that investors are going to ask entrepreneurs. How are you going to get more customers? What are your channels? How much does it cost you to get a customer? What's repeatable about that? That's where the um, that's where the bullseye framework um, from uh, Gabriel Weinberg comes in. So you you go through that. See that? I mean, I think that I think what you're saying is very true, <clears throat> but I'm not sure that those channels to validate the. Pro- I think that it's a different part of the business validating that you have a product that people will pay for. I think that's a different part of the business than it is to find people to scale the business. So I think that that, that that second part, that marketing scaling thing is like part of the whole bullseye project 
you find your first step function, you find your second step function, you find your third step function. But I don't know if, if your first step function is going to be getting people to the landing page. I kind of think you need to have a product before you get into like majorly scaling marketing. That's my, my thoughts. I think that's wrong. <laughs> I think, you know, talk to Rob Walling about it. You know, Rob, remember Rob Walling? Oh, oh really? He's written no. books about no it. I think he he's pretty knowledgeable about it. There's a lot of it. I think validating a concept before spending a whole lot of time making love to it is a really good idea. Totally. And what I would be worried to do is you would go and find three or four people in an unrepeatable manner who liked it because of a personal connection to you or whatever. You have no idea how to get more, but because you had a handful of these people who you liked and had a nice conversation with and were and they were really enthusiastic about it, you spent three months building the product. I hear what you're saying. But then you really have no idea. How, you have no idea. Then it's like light all over again. Like, right, now how do I get customers? No. That's my concern with you. So if you're asking me, like, what would, where, where's, where's, where's the biggest chance for fail? That's the biggest chance for fail. So I would be like, remove that opportunity possibility for fail. If you go out and say, okay, Jason, you know what? Who cares what I think? But if you did that and you went out and you said, all right, you did both those things. You said, all right, I've, I've established contact with a half dozen to a dozen potential customers through personal contacts and networks. And that has been great and helpful because I get a better understanding of what people might use it for. And I've also got a sense of like how much, how difficult or how expensive it is to buy traffic to buy potential customers to pull them into the funnel that's all right i think if you're going to do, do both don't because because what i'm worried about it's kind of like what they like chair what they call in, in data science and cherry picking you go out and you search and you find just a handful of people who tell you what you want to hear and convince yourself because that's what you want to be the truth but you but there really may be very few people who want it and i, I honestly think there's a lot of, i mean spoke to me sounds like a good idea i can totally get how it works i have no idea how much competition is out there I don't know how big these companies are. I don't have no idea how expensive they are, how well they work. I don't know any of that stuff. Maybe you've done all that research. But um, assuming there's no major competitors in that, I mean, this sounds like a good idea. But I'm just saying, I think, I really think that you need to be careful as part of this whole validation step that you don't cherry pick and just go and find people to, to tell you, hey, Justin, that's a great idea. Because, because really, that as an entrepreneur, as a, as a, as a product creator, that's what you want to hear more than anything else is that your idea is really awesome so that you can get out of the gate and start writing code because you got damn, you cannot wait to start doing that, right? Well, no, that's, I mean, yes, everything you said, yes. Um, but no, I'd, it's not that I can't wait to get out of the gate and start. Oh, who, who believes that bullshit? Everybody oh. looking at you, as soon as I turn the camera back to you, knows <laughs> that you cannot wait to start coding on They know it. I just... You want to look at a liar? Hey, guys, look at a liar right now. Here he is right there lying to all of us See that he can't wait to start building this thing. Bullshit. Absolutely untrue. Bullshit. He the only wait. thing I can't wait to do is to get 10, 10 to 20 checks through the door, and then I will do this business. Because the way that I'm thinking about it, like I already told you, is I'm thinking about... Hell yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have an entrepreneur reborn. <laughs> Born again entrepreneur. I tell fail you what. Fast. I love it. All right. Great. Fail well, all right, Justin. It That's is 443. We've been talking about Justin for an hour. I haven't even. Are we got to talk about anything else. Wait, wait. I, we've been talking. We've been talking. I've Justin. got a lot to talk about. I, I came with topics. <sighs> now you know what it's like to be Justin. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Can we, uh, I think we've, uh, we beat this. We beat spoken to the ground. I think it's cool. Um, 
I uh, but you I like want, the concept. I just I just want to I just want to see you r- remove as much risk. But you don't want to hear about the fact that tomorrow night I'm going to meet the people who r- run the uh, the vegan food place, and I'm going to offer to build them a website to get free food. That is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I can't. I normally don't. You drop f bombs on texting, but it's so fucking stupid. I almost can't articulate without resorting to the f-bomb as the Why? worst as the dumbest idea it is such a waste of time it is just going to be a a complete shit show from start to finish but hey <laughs> go build a website for a vegan delivery foods or that's that's like a great use of time absolutely go for it thanks for your analysis love it love it you don't want to hear about the amazing technology that i used to build the landing page that would really help all of our listeners all right let's go keep going all right justin let's go oh right, yeah right, back to me right, back to you okay so tell us what's the other thing webflow.com incredible webflow.com but what I is have, webflow pardon what is it is it a basically web, like i have been building websites for 20 years and i've always built them by hand but i will no longer do that webflow is what is is what dreamweaver should have been it makes all the sense in the world, the way that they've built it, it's incredibly, it's an amazing UI. It's so it's really for building well. websites, not web apps, though? Websites. Building so websites. landing pages, simple, more informational websites? No, you, know, you, can build, you can build out a full, beautiful website and Webflow and then export all of the CSS and HTML. It looks amazing, but they'll also host it. It's, it's, but it's just really, really good. Awesome. And, That's helpful. I like it. Okay. I, I'm... I'm going to give it a, a thumbs up. That was I like that. Good, good, helpful information. Okay. Webflow. I do. I will say, well, I guess the your spoke website, getspoke.net. Is good. It looks good. It looks, looks pretty. Good. It's pretty. You did a nice job. Thank you. You, you do, you, you do good work. I, I look, I, right, I, let's, I get, let's get to you, you then. Seems like you want to talk a bit. Well, I just, you know, I don't want to talk about one topic the whole damn show, you know? Go on then. It's like, we got to move on. Where do you want to go? Got to move on. So, um, <laughs> Uh, well, you start off by talking about the my jury jury duty service thing. You have jury duty. I had jury duty. I was called in or whatever. Got the letter for last week to do jury duty. Okay, right. And I didn't realize that. Oh, I got to turn this thing on me. You're just. I'm just watching you not listen to me. Okay, everybody's just watching you uh, background me. Okay, so um, so I'll just watch you background me. All right, so um. I had jury duty, and I, I, I went and called in the first night, Sunday night. Each coach was calling the night before. Didn't get called in Monday. I'm like, yes, sweet. You know, we've called every night to find out. The next night, or I, I checked on the website. The next night, Monday night, I checked in. Tuesday, I have it. And after port, it's 745 in the morning, downtown. Oh, you do have to? I'm you- like, I don't even wake up at 745. I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare, right? 7.45. And I tell Sandy, she's like, oh, you didn't do the online, like, uh, what's it called? Like, orientation, jury orientation. It's like a 30-minute thing you have to do on the web. But if you don't, instead of showing up at 10 a.m., you have to show up at 7.45. Oh, wow. I'm like, why did you tell me? And so, you know, I, the reason you tell me is because I had completely been ignoring because I didn't want to do it. And so yeah. I was just not talking about it. And uh, so anyway, I get in there. I get in, I said, you know, I'm going to take an Uber. I'm going to take an Uber X down because I'm not going to, because last time I did jury duty, like, I don't know how long ago it was. I mean, I was, the parking was an absolute nightmare. You know, I get down there, I can't find the parking deck. It's all one way streets every which way you finally <laughs> get in there. And then you like, add on, tack on. If it's your first time parking down there, you can tack on 30 to 40 minutes just 
getting yourself to the right parking deck and parking and getting back to the horrid house and stuff. So I go down there. So, all right, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to take an Uber X. It's raining. Mm-hmm. You know what happens when it rains in LA? Yeah, traffic. Nothing like, good on the highway happens when it rains yeah. in LA. Accidents. It took, I got, I, I left at 723. A little more than 20 minutes to get downtown. Usually it takes about 15 to 25 traffic. I knew I was pushing it, but I was just running a little behind. I get down there at 941. What the? Nine, I was almost a two hour and 20 minute ride from Pasadena. What did which, they say? Well, I'm there. I got to be big buddies with my Uber driver. Yeah, I bet. Who used to be a, a butler for, by the way, for two of the most wealthy families. But wait, who pays that cab? I do. What do you mean? Oh, wow. Was that must have been a big fare? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get I get some free Uber credits every month. Oh, right. Of course, I mean, I don't yeah, get, I mean, it's not like infinite, but it blew through a lot of that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, anyway, so I got down there and the, and the lady hunted us. I'm like, yeah, I was supposed to be here at like 745, but I was, tra- you know, caught in traffic, which of course sounds like BS, right? Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, I, I guess she's like, I, I believe you. I, I, I was supposed to get here at eight and I just got here myself because of traffic. She's like, okay. she's like, but you missed orientation, so you have to come back. <laughs> I'm like, you have to do another day. So, but she said, but what she said, what? Why don't you do the orientation online? Like, yeah, well, no, well, see, that's what she said. She's like, if, you should come back tomorrow or you can just come back, schedule it for a week in the future, you know, some week down the road, in which case you can do the orientation is it, uh, online because you can't do orientation. You can do if for the for the for a given week. You have to finish orientation by nine o'clock on the pre, on this previous Sunday night. So I'm back in it. So that was my jury. Great. The jury duty didn't happen. OK, so, but you, so you don't ever in. take an Uber. In the rain. In the rain in, in L.A. You will be penniless by the time you arrive or wherever you're going. Just but walk. I got to be big buddies with my guy. He, I, I, he's like, hey, you want to ride back? Because <laughs> he knows that I'm not going to be. I'm like, yeah, just stay stay tuned. I'm going to go and check in. I'll bet you I'm going to be going home in a few minutes. And sure enough, like 15 minutes later, I'm like, Ed, where you at? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm still like three bucks away. I'm like, all right, come pick me up. And my, I, I got back to Pasadena and took me 15 minutes. Nice. And I was like, yeah, see, exactly. So, um, and I figured at 7.45 in the morning, you know, it'd be or pretty early for traffic. I'd be, or 7.20, I'd get in there in 15 minutes. So anyway, it, but uh, yeah, that was a disaster. So next thing I'll talk about. So Colby's weightlifting. <laughs> I think it's funny. We call it, uh, I'm, I'm calling it uh, lion cub training. <laughs> nice. So um, we got, the weights in the actual weights we had been for the last few weeks we've been doing like the body weight exercises and all that kind of stuff yeah but we actually got um you know the the weight the olympic weightlifting bar and the bench and the and the weights and everything and so we started doing it so we have them doing, doing squats and deadlifts and bench press and military press i mean like all the all the good stuff like all the like like this stuff's gonna work right and so he's super excited so it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes. So we got our thing. So we were, we, we were going to do it twice a week, but after we got through the workout, we're going to take an hour and 10 minutes. And he's like, whew, you know, he was just like, <laughs> that took a long time. I'm like, yeah, well, a full body workout takes a long time because you need to take a certain amount of rest. When you're lifting for strength and not just to burn calories, you need to, um, you, you need to take a certain amount of rest in between sets, right? You need to recover. And, you know, when you rest two to three minutes between sets, you know, it's, and you're doing more than a handful of exercise or more than a few exercises. So what are you thinking? Off. Once a week? 
So no, what we're gonna do is we're gonna four times a week, but we're gonna cut. So we're gonna do lower body twice a week and upper body twice a week. And I'm 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 gonna use the essence of it. I'm is gonna be based on a or it's gonna be based on a program called West Side for Skinny Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy, uh, the strength conditioning coach. Uh, uh, I can't remember his last name. DeFranco. His name. So he's he's really well known. He's trained a lot of NFL athletes. He's trained a lot of high school athletes who went on to become exceptional college and and, and um, professional athletes, and you know just made them much much better athletes, right? Um, and uh, so he took this weightlifting protocol that was sort of uh, developed at a, at one of the top powerlifting gyms in the country called the I think West Westside Barbell Club in Ohio. A guy mm. named Lou Simmons is the is the guy. Yeah. He, and um, so he's like, right, well, this program isn't for powerlifters it's for high school college and even some professional athletes but these are athletes who are competitors they're not trying to squat a thousand pounds they're trying to you know get stronger and bigger whatever and since it works for a lot of high school athletes and someone's you know ninth graders 14 year olds 15 year olds i'm like all right that's about that's you know a, you know colby's Good 11 for colby right he's 11 he's athletic he's already got some muscle on him i was like yeah you know Maybe you can't directly compare him to, say, a 14-year-old boy or girl, but, you know, I, I think it's, it'll work fine. And, but it, it, it keeps in mind that, they ha- that they're competing, right? Like, he has a game on Saturday, so we have to kind of make sure he has enough time to recover and isn't sore and, right. and, and everything for yeah. Saturday's game. Because the Saturday games, he, they're total blowouts in football. <laughs> I mean, he is just wiped out on Saturday. Oh, yeah, huh? So, um, but it's funny, like, he is so excited. He gets up, and he's just like, you know, he's like messing with the weights in the morning. Like Sandy and I have told him, like, you are not allowed to touch the weights when I'm not around because you can hurt yourself. No messing with, no picking up the bar. I mean, I know you're excited about it, but it's not that I, I know you can pick it up and stuff, but you pick it up the wrong way. You start messing around with something, then you hurt your shoulder or hurt your neck or something. And, and there goes your football season, your baseball season. I mean, even when you know what you're doing, if you lift weights in, and they're using bad form, you can hurt yourself. Yeah. I'm exhibit A. I've done it a number of times. Right. You know, so we're doing things correctly. I mean, the point is we want you to get stronger. I want you to get stronger and faster and more powerful and all that good, great stuff, but not, we can't risk you getting hurt. You know, okay. so we got to do it smart. So anyway, so that's lion cub training. Oh, and so I have an, I'll, I'll link a video. I have a link, uh, a video of Colby's first set of squats. <laughs> it's actually good. He's asked to grass. He's, he's got I mean, a good, he's, oh, he's, he's got, got a good form because we spent the last three weeks yeah. doing body squats and goblet okay, so squats. You, you, yeah. I mean, I've been working with him, you know, so he's got a good squad. I showed it to one of the trainers at the Equinox, the gym uh, Phil and I go to. Yeah. And she's a power lifter and she's like, yeah. So she was, <laughs> it was, so it's, it's exciting. By the way, just so you know, I'm not backgrounding you. I'm looking at you on, uh, on Meerkat yeah. through the web interface. So I'm seeing what, what the show kind of looks like. And also looking at the text that, that people are posting. There. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so... One thing before I forget, and I'm, I'm going to jump to another topic, but uh, one of the one of the listeners suggested, you know, you know, like, hey, you know, I guess he was, we were, we were making suggestions about the show, what we could do to make to make the show fun. And one one guy said, hey, you know, it'd be really cool to get on Doug, the founder of MV Code Club. I, yeah, great idea. I love that idea. Here's the thing: we're we are entering the phase where we're going to try and raise some money. I think it'd uh, be way more interesting if and when we've raised money than before because i think well that'll be a whole nother phase of the company just going through that process i mean we've 
you've heard you guys have heard me talk through you know everything that's happened over the past year year and a half right with the with the with the show with the uh, with the company but I think this next two or three months if we're actually able to raise money and we can raise you know a couple million or whatever it is it would be but you don't it, think that there would be it would be interesting to hear like what you were thinking before and then what actually happened I think people kind of know okay. I mean I don't want to overdo it you know it's like MVCO okay. before I don't want to do an MV, MVCO club sandwich you know, yeah. we do it and we do it again like three months later. I'd rather just kind of, I mean, I could talk to Doug, but I think it might be just more fun. Like after that's happened, there will be had enough, enough forward progress on the company, both long over the long term and also recently. That'd be, might be really exciting to talk about. Okay. But I think it would be fun at that point. Yeah. That's kind of what right. I'm thinking. I agree. Um, plus it will, and I think, I think uh, the, the, the guy wrote the comment, you know, uh, I think he alluded to this, which is that, you know, I'm obviously hesitant to talk about certain things because it's not my position to say, not my place to say, right? I'm a minority right. owner. I can't just say, I'm going to say this or that. And so I have to be kind of hedged about what I say, where Doug can decide if he wants to say, this is much you know, revenue we make, or this is, or he doesn't want to say it or whatever the hell he wants to say, he can say it. And that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so anyway, I, I really I like that. That was a great idea. And I, I don't know why I hadn't really thought. Well, well while you're talking about it, like what is the latest update? Um, what's the latest update? Well, we're in like five different schools. We got two locations. We're five about, schools. We're about to open up. We're about to open up um a location in San Francisco. Um, and we're we're negotiating a lease. This is back and forth. So you've gone well beyond the three that you said you were you needed to get funding. Because you no 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 locations no no locations. So so we have two locations. And we're we're opening a third, but we what we've done in addition to that is that we are actually running, we're we're running in school programs. Right. Okay. Right. There's 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 some after school programs at some schools, and then there's some in school. We're at one really big, high flute private school called Mark Day, and we it's like their computer science, their whole computer curriculum. Like we run that, and um, so that's cool. And we did you know so we've done the summer camps, the summer we're doing we're doing a lot of different things. Um, again, I don't know how much I should talk about all this kind of stuff, right, but, right. um, I will say that I think I talked to, I think we've, our revenue this month was already halfway through was higher than our best month ever already. And, uh, I mean, some of us people prepaying, but for the year to lock in a rate or whatever, but, um, you know, we, we charge a monthly rate now, which is way better than we did yeah. before. And we've raised our rates recently, which we needed to do in order to be able to pay, what we noticed, what we under, what we, what I should say, Doug, we, but mostly Doug figured out was that in order for us to continue to offer a really good program, we had to keep the people that we have. We can't lose some of these instructors who are really good. Yeah. And we needed to be able to pay them more. In order to pay instructors more and program managers and stuff, pay them more, we needed to charge more. Mm -hmm. You know, there's only so much that you can say, well, we're going to charge. We're not going to charge them a lot of money so we can get people in, but then we don't pay people much. It's like, okay, early on, you sometimes you have to do that, but eventually, you're, if these people are going to just walk because they're just, they got to get a better job because you're not paying them enough that they can live. The people are obviously prepared to pay. Yeah, they're prepared, but, you know, there's always pushback. You know, not everybody wants to pay. And even people who have money don't necessarily want to pay and don't always respond well to, um, to price hikes. Right. Um, but, you know, it's a free world, right? You know, some people can opt to leave. Some can stay, some will, you know, I think what we think we did is we offered a, um, 
we offer the option to lock in the previous monthly rate if you pay it a year in advance. Oh, wow. Okay. Which worked great because then we got the huge chunk of money in, nice. which is like a loan. Yeah. Which at a great rate, rather than having to go to the bank with hat in hand, now we have all this cash up front, which worked Ooh. really great. Yeah. So that actually solved a couple problems. So um, I don't know. I mean, Doug is doing a great job. I mean, I really can't say enough about it. He is just, uh, he's doing an, an exceptional job. He's really smart guy. You know, um, I don't want to, I guess I'll pat my, myself on the back a little bit that I knew he was the right guy. <laughs> I mean, that's why, you know, I basically took $75,000 out of our retirement fund or whatever and invested in the company because I was like, well, I think, I think, uh, I think the idea, the market are right. And I think Doug's the guy who can execute on it. And I believe he can do it. And he is. So, yeah. you know, maybe I just got lucky. I don't know. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure glad to be a partner, yeah. you know? And so it's good. It's exciting. It's fun. And, you know, and, you know, sometimes I don't hear from him for like a couple of weeks. It'll get to go quiet. But then sometimes I hear from him twice a week when, when stuff is going on. And mm. so it's fun to kind of participate and, you know, I don't really have to do any work. <laughs> But then I get to kind of like... That's nice, isn't it? He'd be like, hey, he'll coach me. So, so I talked to the lawyer about this. So I talked to this about fundraising or so we're going to do this. Or so we, you know, here's our revenue. You know, it's it's fun. That's hmm. great. You know, and, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be really nice to have enough money to be able to invest in a number of startups and be able to do that. I mean, I got one. I mean, I guess I'm an, I'm an investor in a sense. I'm a shareholder in MV Code Club because I did convertible debt for the consulting I did, but... You know, I own such a small stake in it. I mean, nobody calls and asks me my opinion. <laughs> you know, I mean, I talk to Pete periodically when I go up to San Francisco. You mean Hive? Uh, Mighty Hive. Mighty what did I, what I say? You said MV Code Club. I'm sorry, Mighty Hive. Right. Good Good call. So, another thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah. You know how I, said a call, I did a call out last show about finding and trying to find a developer for Givetronic? I do. Well, I got to take her. And does it, does it look like a good match? I think it does. He is a professional developer, does a lot of mobile development. Um, seems like a really nice guy. Seems like smart, a smart guy. Seems like he knows he's done, he's doing. He's built some, he's already built a lot. He showed me this one website, web app, mobile app that he built for electrical engineers mm -hmm. that seemed really good. <laughs> um, and so we had a, we had a relatively short conversation, maybe 30 minutes. And I said, you know, I sort of gave him the scoop and this is what's happened. And this is the background. And I said, listen, he's like, so how do you want to do this? I'm like, Let's just not put anything down on paper. Let's not waste time with all the BS. But let's. He's like, "Well, what's the time frame for this?" I'm like, "Let's just try and just try and build a mobile web app, just to do these two sides, very simple, in three weeks. Just build something really quickly. Yeah. And we'll hook it up in the back end to Stripe or whatever, and then we can let uh, Nagy. Nagy's the the guy who did all the selling, and he, he says that he's gonna have all these churches and stuff lined up, and like let let them go. Yeah. He's raring to go. So if it stretches out over three months, then it's just like. You know, you might get distracted and have other things going on and life gets in the way and that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. But if it's three weeks, it's easy enough to keep your focus on it and it forces you to only get the simplest thing that'll possibly work. That's and that's all we need. Good strategy. And then if, I said, if you work on it for three weeks and and then Nagy goes out and, 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 and nobody uses it, he goes out and tries to get his churches and nobody uses it, the last three weeks of weekend and... Fail fast. Fail fast. It's, it moves a lot of risk and... You know, um, and for us, it's like, you know, at least I'll know if after three weeks he's like, yeah, I just don't have time to work on this. It's like, I'll know. Right. I'll be like, okay, maybe this isn't a good match. You're too busy with other stuff. 
Maybe we can have to find, see if we can find somebody else. You know? Yeah, so let's right. just get it done quickly. So like it. I'm optimistic, you know? I mean, I don't, I'm optimistic, but we've done this before. You know, you've had a number of times you've had people coming from the show. It didn't work out before. It's never worked out really, has it? So far. Yeah, and, and it could just be, you know, it's just, you know, four times out of five it won't, and the fifth time it will. You know, um, it could be just the nature of it. I mean, see, the difference is between... I won't uh, remember Dave Waltz who helped, was helping with any folks. Right. He had a lot of family issues pop up and he was doing things that were growth hacking, which really wasn't his job. He was a programmer who wanted to start doing growth hacking. Yeah. And whereas this guy is a programmer and we're bringing him in as a programmer, the other guy's doing the most. Yeah, he's a, he's a web, he's, done, he's developed mobile web apps and he's going to be able to do it. It's a better scenario app. because you've got, it's a good, it's a good uh, team. You've got the business guy and you've got the programmer. So he can just. So, and I told him my role and said, look, you know, Nagy is not a business guy. Hmm. He's a, he, he's just a guy who came with the idea and he wants to go sell it. All right. So he's a, so he's a hustler. He's a street hustler. He's a hustler. Right? He's a hustler. I mean, that's, but that's, that's what good. you need to this that's stage. That's hustler, yeah. And I said, you know, my role in this can be small or can be larger depending on how things go and depending on what you want to do. My guess is that Roberto is probably just want to be the product developer. Yeah. Nagy is just going to want to run around and, 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 and just sell. And I will probably help out at the more of the business side, you know? Well, because if you start getting some, in the same sense as with the MV Code Club stuff, if you start getting some uh, traction, then your network means that you can take, you know, you can take it to some people and you can right. be interesting with it. Right. So, I mean, I can help out if stuff. I mean, obviously, in the meantime, I can help sort of bridge the gap about, um, you know, because Nagy and Roberto don't know each other. I think um, Nagy is not technical at all. Um, I think it would be way easier if I just service her to the hub on this. You know, I talk to these two guys. I try and frame everything. Yeah. I set Nagy up to succeed. I set Roberto or Rob up to succeed. I give them what they need. I'll take care of the stuff in the middle. I mean, we got the LLC in place. We got the bank account in place. I mean, everything's there. You know, I've been playing LLC fees and accounting fees in the last two years because I keep I haven't had enough time to work on it. And so I'm like, all right. And I told him, I said, look, either this is going to work now or I'm just going to have to just bail. You are the J combinator. <laughs> J combinator, that's right. So um, so we'll see. So we'll see. Um, let's see. Um, here's something that's kind of funny. Um, so Colby last week started working on his own personal defensive playbook so you know how like nfl teams they have a playbook offense has a playbook a list of all their plays design plays yeah so he just sat down and he's like dad come here take a look at this and he went to show me and and, and see and he's like have you seen this playbook i'm like what are you talking about and he's and he's he just has he went to google docs and just created all of these different types of plays like here's the offensive line here's the defensive line this is the inside linebackers the outside linebackers this guy runs here this is the, 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 the whole wait whole thing the players do that no <laughs> players do not design plays the offensive def offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator you know design plays yeah right and uh but you know that's what kind of kid he is right he's he's a he has that nerd gene you know right. he has that creator creative like i i can design plays like you know these guys are design plays i can come with some great great plays <laughs> 
<laughs> he shows it to me and I'm like, it was really good. He printed it all out and on the print, we have, you know, I got a color printer. I told you I bought so print out the color printer and stapled all together. It looked really good. I was like, okay. Then I took a look at it and I said, all right, so let's just download and see what professional plays look like. So I downloaded the on online. They had the uh, Baltimore Ravens 2004 defensive playbook. It was all in PowerPoint. Yeah. I'm like, oh, but let's take a look at this. I'm like, huh, you see what they did here? They did a couple of things that are interesting. I said, you have lines. They actually used arrows, which could really show where the player is going. Yeah. I said, they also used, they just didn't put circles or for the for the players. They had names like DE for defensive end and for nose tackle, you know, you know, whatever, W and M for Will and Mike, the inside linebackers, that kind of stuff. So why don't you do it like that? At first he's like, well, I'm like, Kobe, he's like, well, it's easy. Do you see this is this? And I'm like, you know, why do you think the professional, the, the a professional football team labeled it? I mean, they all know about football, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, this easier you make it to understand, the better. You don't want anyone to have to guess. It's like in websites, they've got books like, don't make me think. Right, right. It has, make it make the UI super simple. He's like, all right. So he goes back. And I said, look, they did it. I use Google Slides. And I say, you do this. And then I start showing him. He's like, I know how to use Google Slides. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, fine. I'm like, you know, kid, I built a version of Google Slides of, of, that almost became Google Slides. He's like, you did? I'm like, yeah, you've heard about Prezo? He's like, no, what's Prezo? I'm like, holy crap. Like, I never even told him about that. So, so did he redo it? Yeah, well, he did. Um, oh, so what happened? He brought it in and showed it to his coaches. Yeah. Which I didn't even go. I said, you know, I'm not going to walk up with him and, or anything. I'm just, I'm just let him do it, right? Yeah. So at the end, you have to go up to and retrieve your, your kid from practice. They can't just like, walk off to the parking lot. So I walk up and, and uh, a couple of the coaches give her kind of smiling at me. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we got Gruden over here. Gruden is like a famous <laughs> coach slash commentator. He's right. a blonde haired coach like Gruden and, <laughs> He's like, yeah, they called him Coach Colby because he's always coaching the other players. You should do this, do this. He's always telling. Really? Oh yeah, he's. They are. He's already talking about how he's always has to. He's always trying to tell the other defensive players what they should be doing. And so, do they? Do they mind that, or is that no, a they good listen? Thing? They listen because he's as he's Jaden right. his as, as Jaden his who's kind of right next to him, who's the other kind of main defensive line player. He's like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's doing. So is that is that kind of part of being a quarterback? A, so quarterback oh geez hold up i'm uh sorry i hit the wrong button on this um so he's in the defense there's no quarterback in the defense right but the way he's thinking should he be a quarterback yeah uh he he can't throw as well as um the quarterback the quarterback's a year older and has yeah. his own freshman quarterback coach and you know um i don't know we're he kobe wants to be a quarterback He's just not quite there yet in terms of skill. Um, we're going to work on that in the offseason. You get more of a shot next year. Okay. Um, I think Colby's men- physically built more to be a defensive player. I think he's mentally, um, psychologically a defensive player. He just wants to knock people's heads off. <laughs> you know, offensive players just want to score and have glory. You know, like, you know, dance and dance for everybody and, you know, score. Defensive players like, please pick up that ball. I dare you. <laughs> I am going to knock you into next week. Like, I cannot wait to hit you. That's what, what they're like. Why? I wonder where that comes from. Like, I don't know. I was, I get that, but I'm more of an offensive player. I like to like in soccer or whatever. I was, I was always want to be a goal scorer. Yeah. I always like to be a scorer. I like the goal. I don't want anyone, you know, it's bad. I'm always, I'm avoiding contact. I'm trying to use speed and quickness to get around the contact, but they're guys who just, they He's just, one of those people. He just wants to hit people. He loves it. Whenever after practice, it's like, oh man, I laid out Jay Sean, or oh, I laid out, 
Peyton or, you know, he's just like who he laid out. Oh, and I blew up JT in practice. They had to take him off. <laughs> he just is like, it's the greatest thing. And I'm like, well, that's, that's what coaches look for in defensive players. They have to have that aggressiveness. They, I caught, I think it's, it's like they've talked about the warrior gene. Yeah. There are people who have kind of, and I, I think a lot of people become athletes, especially professional athletes, especially things like football players have that kind of warrior gene. There's a certain level of aggressiveness and competitiveness that they just have. Wow. You know, and Colby has it. And as long as you can funnel in a positive way, we're football, we're like, hey, this is what we're looking for. Like, you will succeed if you're aggressive. If you're like, eh, kind of dancing around people, like, oh, I don't want avoiding contact. <laughs> I mean, you're just a waste. <laughs> I mean, I was talking to a good buddy of mine. His son is um, playing for the same football um, um, organization. He's just a year. He's just in the old, or the group up, the age group yeah. up. And... I'm good friends with him because I used to coach both our sons in soccer when they played together. Mm -hmm. And they, I would do the Sunday clinic soccer thing I used to do years ago, if you recall. And then later they played um, at club together. And Luke, who's a year older than Colby, is a really good athlete. And he, he's exceptional athlete. And, um, um, but in football, I doesn't want to hit people, you know, like his dad is a little frustrated. I mean, his dad's the nicest guy in the world, you know? And, um, that he played football in, in in high school, and he's in you know he was a little surprised that Luke wanted to play football because he played the previous year and wasn't didn't love the contact, but he ended up playing this year again. He's like, yeah, you know, I mean, he can catch and run or whatever, but when a defense, he just is kind of like pretending like he's part of the action, but not really getting <laughs> in on it, you know. Well, so maybe not he was avoiding to be offense it. then. Yeah, he probably would have to be an offensive player, but. That, you know, that just takes, you know, yeah, I would say yes. But even then, you're going to get hit. Yeah. You're going to get hard. You have to take a hit. And certain offensive players, you still got to hit people. I mean, you still got to, you know, when Colby plays offense, I mean, you got to, you're still, we call it, you got to blow somebody up. You got to knock somebody on their butt. When you block them, you want to knock them on their butt. If you're running back, you're going to have to run people over. If you're out there, if you don't want to get hit, you're in the wrong sport. You need to go play tennis. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want to play tackle football. So, um, Anyway, Colby's a defensive player, but he's definitely, I mean, his personality type is he wants to coach, he wants to But it's funny because, like, he was already into it when it was flag and there was no tackling. Like, how did he know that he was going to love it so much? I don't know. You don't see kids and they just tell they're going to be actors or you can just tell they're going to be, they just, they, they, even when they're two or three, you can start seeing, I mean, a lot of kids, it's really hard to tell, but there's certain kids that are, have such accentuated personality characteristics, you can just tell. Like this kid's gonna be a nerd. Like I get right, they're taking apart computer stuff and they're asking weird technical questions. Like I, you know, you know right? <laughs> there's no mystery. Or there's just the kid who just wants to play music all the time. See, so like this kid's gonna be a musician. I mean, it's just yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, Colby's a couple different things, but I mean, I but he's a builder creator. He's always like kind of that technical side. He's always creating stuff. But I, I he's also a football player. He's kind of that kind of weird. Anyway, so the whole. So the coach said to Kentum, and he's like, so Kobe's like, can we run a play? Can we do this? He's like, Kobe, all right, Kobe, we will run one of your plays in practice. And so, and Tuesday, I think they're going to run, run one, one through one of his plays. Because okay. Kobe invented, and so that was the one Kobe and I focused more on. He was like, because he had a whole playbook, and I said, let's take one of these plays, let's redo it in slides with the arrows. and really One that you think's the best, right? Best. And I said, pick a play that you want. And so he picked this play, I can't remember what it was called, three gap or three back 
blah, blah, blah. It's like he he's one of the line defensive tackles and he drops back and on a, a third and long into space so that they fool the offensive uh, the offense, the offense into putting more people on the line because they think they're playing with a four man front instead of a three. But then they flood they flood the defensive zone. Uh, he falls back to where in case there's a, a run gets through and he can capture that where a linebacker would be. And the linebacker can flood, go back to where the corners and safeties are to really protect against the long throw because it's really need to pick up, you know, third, third and long, 10 yards. So it's clever. That's good. Wow. But of course, he's the star of that play. <laughs> I was just talking about that. He's like, oh, I see you kind of said I uh, wrote the play for yourself there. <laughs> Goey's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> that was that was that was stuff. Sadie and I have just been dying at laughing our heads off about it because he's so earnest about it. He's like working on it, working on that. Come on, take a look at the bite O line, D line plays. <laughs> so funny. How is Project Superhero? So I'm glad you asked because I want to ask about your version of that too. So oh. I'm not going to give you a hard time. All it's right. going to be all positive. Don't worry. All right. So um, two things took me out last year. I strained. My adductor, um, uh, adductor attachment, which is like a groin uh, area muscle, and I and I uh, got and I strained a muscle in my elbow right here, also known as uh, golfer's elbow, and it's something actually has a long technical term I can't remember it. Hmm. So my adductor is mostly healed, where I'm actually doing I'm deadlifting and, and starting to work into squats now, which hmm. is awesome. Just to be able to lift weights, my legs is great. So I'm starting to get back on that, but I still can't work out with my upper body because I can't really lift any weight or pull. I can't do pull. Anytime I pull weight or pick weight up, it hurts. Even when I'm spotting Colby, it's a little painful. So um, I started doing some research on um, different type of rehab exercises and stuff. So I've really started, I, you know, sometimes there's certain injuries, like if, if you just leave them alone, they'll heal. And sometimes it'll take a while. And it, this has been eight months, nine months. It's just not healing. 10 months. I'm like, all right, I got to try something else. So I was I, I was on like YouTube looking at, and I was like there was a couple different um, physical therapists who said oh here try this or try that so it's like three or four different ones just the what they call um, active release technique which is kind of like a you rub oh, yeah. you rub along the muscle and kind of break up the scar tissue that's as a soft tissue one yeah soft tissue massage and really work. so I do that a couple times a day and then I sit and then I I do some sort of like um, you know I'm actually on baseball bat and I hold it and I and I turn it and like this and every time I turn it, it, it sort of um, works this muscle three sets of it's just typical rehab stuff. So even every few days it feel it feels like it might be kind of working. I mean it could be just me hoping, but I'm kind of optimistic. It feels like when I'm feeling it, it feels less tender. So that's to do with bench press and all that kind of stuff. Everything upper body. Yeah. Okay. And what I've noticed too on the whole weight loss thing. So like initially I weighed like when I before I started Operation Superhero, I was two oh seven. Then I dropped down over four or five months or whatever it was down to 185. And then when I got injured, I slowly climbed back up to about 202. And then I started again. So now I'm back down to about 192. Hmm. But I've noticed I'm kind of stalling out. And one thing I've been doing is one thing I haven't been doing is about lift. So I haven't been able to lift weights. All I can do is cardio. And I haven't been doing as high um, intensity cardio. I've been doing more moderate. Mm. with phil but i've been doing a ton of it on hour day six hours a day six yeah. days a week and i'm gonna we're gonna go in and get our our body fat checked again on this thursday phil and i are going in and i'm gonna get a get a sense of how much i moved the needle in the last few weeks if i haven't moved the needle much i think i'll have proven to at least to myself that my body is not responding that well to long moderate cardio now i'm gonna have to switch things up 
You know, I mean, at first I thought it was working. I mean, I did drop from 202 to 190, whatever, three or two, whatever I'm at. So I did make some weight, but I think over the last three weeks, I mean, I may have lost a pound. Yeah. And it's not, my diet has been pretty much in check. I mean, I give myself a B plus. I mean, right. it's not an A, right. but it's pretty damn good. It's pretty, it's pretty, not airtight, but it's watertight. And, um, I don't know. So, all right. So I emailed you about a week ago. Oh, wait, just before, oh, okay. one question. Um, what about your um, jump? Yeah, yeah. So in order to work on my jump, I need to be able to work out with my legs, which I can start doing now, which I am starting to do. But I have to be a little careful because my groin adductor is not 100% healed, so I'm still kind of doing some rehab for that. I am starting to lift my legs, but I have to be a little kind of moderate. But I think I can okay. start doing that. But I also have to drop weight. I mean, you're not going to be dunking at 192. I mean, I have to, I'm going to have to drop to in the 170s probably. And in addition to like, of course, dramatically increasing my leg strength with okay. heavy squats. Right, right. So it's kind of a couple of things I need to get. If I can lift my upper body, then I think I can really up the intensity and I can lose, start losing weight again. Because that's, that's what's different this time than the last time. Last time I lost weight, I was lifting six days a week. Yeah. As well as doing cardio. I wasn't just doing cardio. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm just trying to figure out what, what the missing variable is. Um, but... And because I can't lift, I just do cardio and I do it for like an hour and I'm like, well, but I'm not sure how effective it is. So about a week or week or week and a half ago, I emailed you. I said, all right, my suggestion, I'm going to turn you down, turn around. My suggestion for you for working out, I said, you know, you keep trying to like find ways to lose weight without breaking a sweat. And I just, I don't think it's going to work. At least it's not going to work. I think it is. You'll lose a lot of, <laughs> you'll lose muscle as well. And I just think you'll slow your metabolism down. It's just not going to it's not going to work. It's not going to be sustainable and you're not going to lose that much weight. Plus, there are also a lot of other health benefits to exercise beyond just your weight. Right. You know, a ton. I mean, we have to go through. I think it's everybody understands that. So, and I always thought the, the mistake that you had been making in the past is that you would really try and go big out of the gate. You'd immediately like, I'm going to, you know, pay a huge ton of money to the super slow workout stuff. And then you have to like schedule like over there and it's a big hit on your budget. You know, it's the kind of thing that I know Georgie's looking out on the side of her eye. Like, I don't know if this is really worth it. Or you buy a bunch of equipment or you're like, I'm going to go do, you know, go. You're just, you would just get, you'd get the mad. You'd, you'd go crazy. You'd do it's too kind much. of the same as the startup problem. Yeah. And I'm like, you need what's most important. My perspective, the most important thing about getting fit and all that stuff is that you get into a habit that you can maintain. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you do well, the first thing is you should get a habit. You make it a habit. It's like brushing your teeth. Like there's no not brushing your teeth, right? I mean, it's just kind of like this, this, this is what you do. There's a rare case you fall asleep without brushing your teeth, whatever, but it's, it's rare, right? right. It's just you do it. And <clears throat> you kind of need to get there with working out because my feeling is that you miss one day. If you, get, if you let yourself miss one, you could easily miss two. And you can miss two. You can miss a week. And if you miss a week, you are done. And Phil, I'm going to just turn it back and I'm talking and I'll give it to you. Phil would always, trying to be positive, and he said this to you, and he said this to a lot of other people. He's like, hey, you know, it's okay if you miss a day here and there. If you, you know, you can miss, you have a bad meal, but you're going to win if you just keep at it. And, and I'm like, that's the wrong thing to say to people who aren't exercising. It's like telling an alcoholic, like, look, you can have a drink every once in a while, but as long as you're mostly trying not to have a drink, you'll be fine. They're addicted People who don't exercise and are, and, are, and are out of shape and unhealthy because they don't exercise, it's, it's just like being a, a, an alcoholic. They are addicted to not working out. 
they can't keep up working out any any more easily than an alcoholic or a smoker can can keep themselves from drinking or smoking. So what's most important is that they work out with a consistency that an alcoholic doesn't drink. So what I would say to you is you can take your one day off a week that you set at Sunday, and that is it. You do your workout every damn day. It is not a question. Oh, I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, Georgia. No, bullshit. Nothing. 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 That's why. And so I emailed you the seven-minute workout because I'm like, there's no reason (laughs) you can't do a seven-minute workout. I don't care if the... I don't care if it's Independence Day and there's alien spaceships over the city. You can still do your seven-minute workout, right? I mean, there's no excuse, right? And if you do that for a month or, you know, maybe a month, maybe two months, eventually you'd be like, you know what, Jason? This is kind of easy. I think I'm going to do it. I'm ready for a little bit more. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm as well. I'm like, you know what? Do a 50, There's a new 15-minute high-hit workout you can do at home with some dumbbells and stuff. And you'll be like, dude, I'm totally on that. I need a 15. And then it's like easy. And then it's like you've been doing it for three or four months. You probably lost 20 or 30 pounds. You've gotten a lot stronger. And then you're like, yeah, I mean, I totally, this is what I do every day now. Every morning or whatever, whenever I do it, I do it. And so then you just kind of amp it up a little bit. And then maybe a year later, you're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, Jack is in preschool. I got some time in the mornings. I'm going to, I'm going to, two or three of those weeks, I'm going to the gym. We do a little bit more. It's just kind of, but you got to ease into it. But I don't even want to think about that now. You don't have to worry about that. I'll, right now, it's just seven minutes a day. But that was the whole thing. I want to hear what's cause that, what your thoughts are. I mean, uh, I'm going to try it out and I've been doing it for like eight days now. Are you, have you missed a day? No. Unless you count today. Everybody look, you're doing it. Oh, today is today your day off or tomorrow your day off? No, I'm not having a day off. Perfect. There's no day off. Even better. Even better. I'm just doing it every day. That's great. How does it feel? Um, I mean, it feels fine. I mean, it's like, it's only seven minutes, so it's not, it's not like it makes huge impacts. Um, what, what do you do? What is the actual, what is the workout? Um, it starts off uh, with jumping jacks. Then you do a wall sit. Then you do press ups. Then you do squats. So it's like 30 seconds of each. Mm-hmm. Then ask me to do, go through the whole thing because I can't, can't. How many exercises are there total? Um, <clears throat> 12. Perfect. Yeah. And are you winded at the end? Oh, yeah. The, the, very, the very last one is side plank. But it's especially difficult because of my shoulder yeah shoulder which um although is getting better thanks to the chiropractor that i've just started seeing mm-hmm. who is a guy called ron zimmerman who may ring some bells for you well you know you said he mentioned i, I wouldn't until you said he used to play for my soccer team yeah and i i mean i if i it's uh ryan oh it's then ryan not ron oh he calls himself ron anyway really in that in, in the chiropractor but yeah so uh, ron zimmerman he used to play with you for cobalt like seven years ago yeah, I, I said, uh, yeah, he, he was like, he was talking about soccer a lot. And I said, oh, you know, my, my buddy loves soccer. And he's like, really? What's his name? I said, Jason Roberts. He's go, he said, huh, Jason Roberts of Cobalt? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I used to play with him. So yeah, like, yeah. Ryan's a good guy. He, um, he played with the Flyers that won the national championship, high school national championship oh. back in 90, I don't know, late 90s or something. Um, and he went and played at UC Irvine. Big D one school. Um, he's a good player. He's a good. He was a good player. Um, yeah, he came out. So we we ended up getting a bunch of the guys who all play with the, for the Flyers because they also play for Lockheed out of high school, which also won like the high school national championship or something. High school like the non club one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's Ryan. 
Yeah, Ron. Turn, yeah, you're, his you name's Ron. Oh. You you may have been calling him Ryan all these years, but he's Ron. He's, <laughs> I, I almost posited Ryan. I mean, uh, I've never called him Ron in my life. But um, so he... Oh, uh, yeah, Ryan. Yeah. I've been calling him Ron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. <laughs> So we end up having a bunch of these guys. Um, we had a we from the flyers because like you get one and they're like, oh yeah, I think a bunch of these guys are living around talking. So this guy calls a buddy, and then all the, we had like eight of these guys, just like we did with UCLA. A bunch of the guys who played on the '99 national yeah. UCLA national championship team. A bunch of them were still around. Like, oh yeah, I got all these, all these UCLA guys. So you luckily you kind of get into like a. It's like we just pro, guys are prospecting for gold, and they get like a vein, and you just kind of work <laughs> it, you know. And it's like. Yeah, so he, um, but I haven't run Cobalt. Cobalt has been kind of out of business for, well, the open men's team. We well, ran it for like 10 years. I mean, ran it for 10 years from 2001 to 2011, and then it took a year or two off, and then we had an over 30 team for a couple of years, and we did well. We won some championships and stuff, but I just, after this last injury, I was like, guys, I'm out for a while. I just, I need to take a break. And, yeah. You know, whatever. So. Would one of the other ones run it? Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody wants to play. Nobody wants to run the damn theme. You know, it's I just, um, it's just how it is. So, um, so, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. I'm, I'm doing it. Like, okay, thank you for your advice. I'll be doing seven minutes a day. Let's see what happens. So that, so, so Phil and I, you, you've we given promised you, extra we're going to give you a prize. We haven't decided what the prize. Is. You're going to get a prize if you can go for thirty days without missing a day. You get a prize. But if you don't get it. You're going to get an anti-prize. <laughs> What's an anti-prize? Uh, we're not sure, but you're not going to like it at all. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to do 30 days then so Good. I don't get the anti-prize. Right. You see? We're, we're working. We're working for Justin, okay? We're working. You know, it's not just trying to make... Trying to... Uh, so, let's see. Oh, so are you watching Fear the Walking Dead? It fears... Fear of the Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead? But Fear the Walking Dead. It's the offshoot, yeah. spin-off for Walk the Walking Dead. Have you been watching that? Yeah. You don't even know the name. You're watching, you know the name. No, I know. It's just, is it Fear of the Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead? Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead. Which is a stupid name, I think. Right. I think you should have called it Walking Dead LA. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like CSI Orlando or whatever the CSI is. They should call it. They should call it Walking Dead. I'm not Dead convinced about West the Blue Coast. Eyes because they're new ones. That doesn't make sense. Well, the other ones get kind of a film across it. Not say blue, but that, that one guy was kind of that. They said like I. Th I thought that the the concept was they have blue eyes rather than the black eyes because they're newer and they haven't been like the like seasoned. <laughs> Like rotting enough. Right? We're seasoned. That's a seasoned walker you got there. <laughs> like they just haven't rotted long enough. But I, th I, that doesn't make sense because, like in the other series, when they get turned, they have the normal eyes straight away. They don't have blue eyes, so it's a new. Or maybe it just. Well, they only have. We've only seen like two walkers, the three walkers up close. It's just that one that was looking through the. I mean, I think you actually see their eyes, right? Uh, a couple. I of, mean, I saw a couple of times where they had blue eyes. Really? Anyway, I, yeah, I think so. But anyway, so what are you going to say about it? Okay. There's not enough gore. No, well, you know, it's a slow burn, as they've talked about. You know, yeah. they're not jumping immediately into the apocalypse because this is kind of like what happens, you know, I'm going to talk. This, this is what happens before everything falls It's the apart. beginning of it, right? right? It's the beginning. So if, they, if it immediately becomes post-apocalyptic, then it's just The Walking Dead LA, right? Yeah. Instead of Walking Dead Atlanta or Walking Dead Southeast. You know, it's just like, 
the same the people they're, they're dealing with the same issues they have extended a group of people few family elements in there trying to survive you know and they go through the same sort of psychological one guy is like a good guy the other one's ready to start shooting people straight away yeah i mean yeah i mean there's only so many there's i mean i mean there are a lot of things you can do but if they if they keep if they keep it before then longer then there's just a different story they can explore right okay, so i get it so i think they should have done it differently though hmm. so i was actually i was watching there's a one walking dead podcast listen called the walking dead podcast i think it is. it's actually pretty entertaining the other two guys on it are pretty good <laughs> um, i know you've mentioned it before i can't remember the main guy and gary gary's a sidekick and the main guy is pretty funny so they were talking about like what by doing in la what did they do differently I mean, what what was a different story you could tell, you know? And they shouldn't have just done a couple of families or regular people. What they should have done, they should have made it like uh, the, sh- the movie um, Contagion. Did you ever see Contagion? No, I did not. It was a so- uh, Steven Soderbergh film. I think it was like three or four years ago. Um, Kate Winslet was one of the main characters in it. Um, there were a couple other, I don't know, I'm blanking on the, uh, the actors. But it was the epidemiologists, the people who work for the CDC, Mm. who work with outbreaks and stuff. The people at the center of it who are trying to figure out what the hell is going on. The people who are having conversations with government, with the, you know, with the, the government and with the military and with people and then even their own family, what the hell's going on? So that would have been much more fascinating. Rather than having people like, geez, they must be knowing what's going on. If there's something going on, they'd tell us. Like, no, let's talk. Be, we are one of the people who are like, you know, you have some researchers who are like running some simulations, like, oh, I'm not sure what this is. And then they have some doctors, but then they lose a doctor because that doctor died. I mean, it just, it could come from sort of a top down instead of the bottom up of being on the outside. So like you're dealing with the the, the Walking Dead characters and they're always talking about like, there's got to be somebody in D.C. who knows about this. Remember by earlier season, we're going to go to D.C. Mm-hmm. and somebody or, you know, but and then they had that brief encounter with the guy with the CDC in the first season. But you're really talking about people with limited knowledge about what was going on what people were trying to do and whatever what would be really interesting the other side and find out their perspective on trying to track the disease and the outbreaks and trying to control it and maintain it and then maybe as the government starts falling apart like their inability to do anything about it because like they've lost communications aspects of the military aren't even responding to the requests anymore fema's trying to do some stuff homeland security's trying to do some stuff maybe the fbi is out of or i mean who knows what right Plus, they have these, these are normal people too. And same day, if you're an epidemiologist, you go down to the CDC or you go down to your your university or whatever, and you're doing research, and then you come back home and you have family, you have wife or kids or parents or whatever friends, and like and shit's going down, and you're like, sounds much more expensive though. Not a to, lot to, of, to produce, maybe, but yeah, maybe, but you know, I mean, yeah, there's an argument like maybe they're trying to keep the budget down, but this right. was this thing debuted as the largest audience in cable history for a new show right yeah i mean you're really just talking about some office scenes different types of office scenes and stuff i mean it's not you know that big a deal and i don't know i I, i'm just disappointed something georgie loves it does she yeah so it must it must be hitting a spot i i love the walking dead i don't know why i think i i think i like it because it's just so it takes you outside your world obviously we don't live in apocalypse and of course, it makes whatever problems you have seem paltry in comparison, right? Yeah. Whatever you're sweating, you're like, this is nothing. But it also gets you problem solving mode. What would I do? 
Who's the Rick in this one? Uh, who's the protagonist? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually should be me on this one, I guess. Um, I, I guess it's the Madison, the mom, the blonde-haired mom, right? Uh, yeah, she's that. a strong. She's a strong woman. Like I, I just think her face looks like she's she could take a take on a lot of shit. Um, oh, I need to. Yeah, she's. Travis is weak. Travis is gonna die. Travis has got to die sometime too. The husband, I mean, right? What? The husband. Well, the ex-husband slash boyfriend, ex-husband, Bass's boyfriend and ex-husband for her, yeah. whatever the other lady's name is. Um, so, you know, the, the dynamic, the dynamic now is, you know, it's kind of, it was kind of similar to like The Walking Dead, uh, the, the original series of like, Jane, you know, who's the Shane Rick. and Rick? Like, who's, yeah. who's like, this apocalypse, you got to do what you got to do to survive. Ethics are out the window. Every, you know, one for them, yourself and your family, screw everybody else. And they will do your thing, you know, do the right thing. Well, of course, Rick crosses that chasm and is totally flips the other side, you know, um, from early on. Um, I think Travis is just like, oh, you know, don't do anything you wouldn't, can't take back. And he's he's not quite believing what's going on. He doesn't want to accept that. And he's like, maybe these people aren't really dead. Like he doesn't, which makes sense. I mean, if, if, if this is really going on, you're like, is that person really dead? Just, I mean, are they just really sick? I mean, if I kill him, I still going to, and this turns out to be like, not really an apocalypse. Am I going to go to jail in two weeks? You know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, from his perspective, he doesn't know what we know, which is like, yeah, get ready, buddy. You better strap on because your bell. But isn't is- that old guy with the beard basically Shane? That's Shane. <laughs> Travis's Travis and the woman are basically Rick combined. Travis is the more naive part of Rick. The woman is like the part of Rick who's like slightly more advanced. And they're just both going to get stronger. And then the guy with the beard is going to probably get killed. The guy with the beard? You know, the, the guy who shot, who shot the zombie. Oh, the old guy. You think he's going to get killed? Well, I think he's the Shane. I think he's the, he's the character who's just like, you guys are weak. We need to kill these people. Yeah, well, it doesn't mean he's going to die. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he might live. His wife's going down. She, she, her, 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 um, her little foot injury... Yeah. He's going to have to die. Right. I think she's going to die. I think I think the um his ex well, maybe his ex-wife won't die because it keeps an interesting dynamic when you have right. kind of no, two wives exactly. around. Exactly. That keeps it complicated, which yeah. makes it interesting. Yeah. Especially uh, in worst the worst situation, you know. And if he kills She's going to fall for him again because he's here's what's going to happen, right? I am again. Yeah. That, I like what you think. It's okay, good. All right. Here's what's going to happen. That that guy because he's he's showing he's weak now. But he's going to get stronger and he's going to start taking control. And then that's when his ex-wife is going to fall for him. And so then there's going to be this competition between the two women because both of them like him. I agree. I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's like what you think. <laughs> now, what I don't like is the smart, the quote on smart daughter doesn't appear to be acting very smart about what's going on. Like she should be asking more questions. Right. You know, I mean, she's, she's acting like... Oh, that's true. Yeah, 11. she was... Yeah, like, she's smarter than the drug. She's theoretically smart, you know, like yeah. a straight-A student going to go to Stanford yeah. or Berkeley or something. Like, you know, you take a, a precocious or, or just a sharp 17-year-old, they're going to be asking a lot of questions. Like, what the hell's going on? Who is this? What do you see? You know, they're not going to be this, like, I don't know, kind of... I don't know what the hell her deal is. I mean, unless... If, if they didn't play her as smart and they say, well, she's just kind of a dumb teenage girl, you know? She's not a smart teenage girl. She's a dumb one. Like, yeah, a dumb teenage girl might just be kind of out to lunch and not really asking questions and not really trying to put the pieces together. Yeah. Anyway, 
I still like the show regardless of the fact that I think they could have done it would have been way more interesting had they done it contagion style had they, had they focused on epidemiologists and not just a family I find the characters I don't think they cast the characters well. I'm not I'm not really loving any of the actors I don't I don't really they none of them really resonate with me they're kind of did, nah. did, did they resonate with you by the end of the first episode of oh yeah they were all good yeah. I mean I know that I liked them but they were just good they were just Daryl was good. Um, they were the right characters. Jane, Andrea, Rick. I mean, they were all good. Yeah. They were all good. This one, I'm just like, Travis, he's kind of vanilla. He's, you know, it, he's, it, he's, it he's kind of a uh, milk toast, you know? He's in, in, in um, I don't know. But I do think there's a lot of scope for the sun. Like, I've, yeah. I, I've got a feeling like that guy is an incredible actor who is going to go in lots of different places. Yeah, he's... He's got the most charisma, despite being an irritating heroin act or whatever, which <laughs> right. is irritating. You're just like, dude, get your shit together. Right. Um, but he's uh, he's kind of a poor man's Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a right, little bit. Right. Yeah. But he's a good actor. Yeah, he is a good actor. But, but, I, I think mean, his hair best. looks terrible right now, because, but because he's the like, dude the needs junkie. a shower. I, I think he's he's gonna get cleaned up and he's gonna be in charge. But then, of course, well. you're not gonna get cleaned up in the apocalypse. You don't really well, have. You don't he's really he's gonna look better, you know. He's gonna look more disheveled in the correct way. Okay, <laughs> it'll be interesting. I mean, well, The Walking Dead itself starts um, August October sixth, but you know what else is coming out in October? No, nope. I'm really excited about The Martian. Oh, the movie. Have you been about the book? Have you seen the book? No, no, I've read not. the book Tell The Martian. Me. Tell me. Well, there's um oh god, what's his uh. What's the guy who played the Born Identity? I'm just blanking on his name. Um, Jason, Matt Damon. Matt Damon, right. So he's, it's, there's a book about a expedition to Mars. This is in the current or relatively very near future. And they think his, his um, fellow astronauts, um, they get kind of caught in a sort of a sandstorm type thing. He gets, they think he's dead. And it's their protocol and common sense that they get to get on and take off and go back up. Otherwise, their uh, their uh, Mars ascent vehicles will be destroyed. They can't take the sand blast. They got to go up. So he's dead, but he's not. He survives. But they take off and head back to Earth. And there's a limited amount, very very limited amount of food and very amount of resources, and he has to figure out how to survive. And in the previews, uh, they he's like, he's like, I got thirty days. Or 30 days, I don't know what he says, but let's say 30 days or 60 days of food or whatever it was. Maybe more than that, he's like 90 days. And he's like, and uh, the soonest his ship we got here be four years, I'm going to survive, I'm going to have to science the shit out of this. <laughs> and so he goes, he's, it's, so it's really interesting and in like how kind of MacGyver-esque he becomes and how, what, and how much clever, you know, botany that he has to, you know, use and chemistry and things to, to solve problems to survive. And, um, so, Colby, I told Colby about it. We saw a preview on, um, we saw a trailer on YouTube, and Colby was like, yeah, because I'd heard about it. And, he's, and I'm like, well, let's read the book. So, I got the book, so he and I are trading off reading it. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to read it first, so, and, you know, because it's always, when you read the book, it's always even, it's even more fun. So, he's, he's like way ahead of me. He's like on 295, and I'm like on page 95, so I got to catch up. But Is he liking the book? He loves it. Well, he keeps trying to, dad, dad, read this, it's hilarious. And I'm like... <laughs> Quit! No, I'm not reading it. You're not <laughs> ruining the book for me. Quit right, doing it. He right. did it to me today. We're at the watching Aries soccer game, and he's somehow like, he's like cracking. Up. Did I read it? He's like hands it to me. Look, I'm... <laughs> stop. That's funny. So um, that's it. I'm looking forward to that. Let's turn to you, Craig. 
So let's see. I'm going to just see if there's anything critical. Well, you know, we should probably uh, pull it a wrap pretty soon. Georgie's going to be back. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely everything I have. So, well, I had, um, oh, here's one thing I wanted to ask you. I think this is kind of interesting. Um, of the links I had, there was an article. It was like number one on Hacker News last night. It was called The Elaborate Charade to Obfuscate Who Writes Pop Music. It was talking about how there's like two guys out of Sweden who write like most of the hits from like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry and basically everybody who's top in the charts. Like they just, right. they, they write the songs. None of those quote unquote artists, none of the, let me put other quotes I'll do that thing. None of the quote unquote artists actually write music. They're just songbirds. Right. There's right. performers. Yeah. Other people create the music. They write it. They actually create the songs. And then the uh, the the performers go out and they yeah, yeah, you know. But the sort of the 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 charade, you know, what us Americans tend are, are let left to believe, which this is not the case in like Korea, where people understand that's not the case. We're left to believe that like Taylor Swift or Katy Perry are like writing material and putting together the song, laying down track. Like no, <laughs> no, they're not musicians. They're not. It's actually I couple of guys in sweden who do like most of it and and the ones who do try to do it generally fail they do the musicians who get a little ahead of them get a little big hand like i want to try and write my own stuff that's tends not to work hmm. like they're just you know so good at this but also it's like a machine like they just they have like a formula right very formulaic in terms of like how they play the tracks and the beats and the rhythms and it's just and they just doing it it's like a factory they just have figured it out and it's just like certain variations and they're yeah. very similar to one another but you know we as a as a public can eat it up you know and hey you know i mean sometimes I, you know you like what you like right i mean if it's good it's good i guess but i want to ask you about you being a former musician and former performer and uh front man and songwriter and all that stuff what are your thoughts on that and has sort of an independent musician, you you could rely on a a a dynamic duo of songwriters and and producers to put all this stuff together. You actually had to do it yourself. What was what do you think about that? Well, the main thing I'll say is that there's a huge similarity between trying to find it this stage that I'm currently in of trying to create a startup and you know, like a like an idea, a side project. The hook that you try and find the small hook, like the buffer or the spoke or whatever. It's just the same as trying to find a hook for a song. So when, you, when you're songwriting, it's really, really difficult to find those hooks. Obviously, songs are just three minutes, so you get a lot more chance to fail. So you can fail really fast at that. But you know what, he was, you know what they were saying is that nowadays people have such short attention span before they change stations that you have to have a hook at like every segment. Right. Like you cannot... Well, they always... I mean... ABBA always did anyway. I mean, like great, great. I mean, hooks, hooks are more than just choruses. It's also like guitar lines and, and, you know, song lines. So if you listen to like great U2 songs or great ABBA songs or anything like that, it'll start off with some guitar line and everyone will sing that, you know, like even Billie Jean. Let's take Billie Jean, for example, right? As soon as the song's on, you're like, dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun. Like that's a hook. And then you've got the dun, dun. The, the, like everything's a hook about that song okay. like the whole thing so I, I mean I guess that's what these guys, these guys are doing you know and it, it is, it's difficult to do it really well it's difficult to, cr- to create an entire tapestry of hooks and so then if you look at some you know a band like Led Zeppelin they're just more 
just doing cool stuff that they just dig, right? Mm. So that's, I mean, we, I, the, I think one of the problems that we had was we were probably trying to find hooks, whereas we should probably be, have been just trying to do stuff that we enjoyed a bit more, you know? Yeah. Why are those mutually exclusive? Well, they're, they're not, but I mean, if you look at The Killers, for example, like The Killers' first album was all about hooks. No, I, you know who's a great example? Jimi Hendrix. So Jimi Hendrix started out commercial, and then he got less commercial as time went on. Whereas a lot of bands, the way that the way that it works is they start out less commercial and then they get more commercial as they go on. So I guess Jimi Hendrix just realized that he wanted to just start exploring interesting stuff and not wanting to just write hooks. Whereas, you know, the typical progression of bands are they just start off kind of like looking inward and just doing whatever the hell they want. And then they realize they, they're starving. <laughs> so they want to make some sell, money. We need to sell, we need to sell stuff. We need to get a contract because we're tired of driving around and sleeping in our yeah. van and, right. and, and living on peanuts. Like this is, this is, but then you've got someone like the Beatles where just their natural inclination was hooks, you know, like every single fiber in their being was hooks. I mean, they did as time went on, start to experiment. They were bit. hook factories. Yeah, basically. Interesting. How are you at, at writing? Where, 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 where you, where you could, I put it this way. Um, how, how did you find that? Was it, was it difficult to create hooks? Was that a hard process? You know, you know, the thing about the thing, I think I may have mentioned this on the show before. Like I really got the madness with that's, this is one of another reason why I kind of had to stop the music because when I was writing songs, like the madness factor was incredible because I would be thinking about a hook or a verse or a chorus. I'd be thinking about it for like five days, just like going round and round in my head. But the answer is no, it's really difficult. I was not a natural at it compared to a lot of the people who I was, you know, my peers. And that, you know, I was a B, I was a B plus, basically. Well, you're an A in my book. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, you know what? If I was an A, I would have stuck at it. <laughs> yeah. Here. You know what I think, you know, because I was asking you earlier about um, why you had to start up right away. Um, you're, you're just, um, you're just obsessed. Right. You just have an obsessive personality. That's probably this is true. who you are. Right. You know, I mean, I say it's better good. It's like, and it's, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a powerful personality feature, which can be if incorrectly <laughs> directed incorrectly or incorrectly managed, become a bug. But you're just an obsessive personality. You can't put your take your foot off the uh, off the uh, gas, right? Yeah. And you know, just like, and I think part of the obsessiveness is the obsessive to create. It's the obsessive to to win or make a name for yourself or prove people wrong. Whether it's in the music industry or whether it's the startup industry, and then tied up in that as well. If I'm successful, you know, there's an ego thing, and there's also the financial thing. It's like it's all wrapped up together, right? right? I mean, these are it's like not any one thing. But yeah, you're just an you're just a, an, an obsessed personality. But um, I would say that most successful people are obsessive. Right. Obsessive musicians, obsessive entrepreneurs. Travis is, is obsessive. Right. Steve Jobs is obsessive. Elon Musk is obsessive. I mean, they're all obsessive. Are you, you know? obsessive? Yeah, that's why my nickname is the is horse. <laughs> so I'm always hor I get horsey about stuff and I can't let up. So like Phil's always joking. He's like, quit horsing me, man. You know, like get out. Like we would do our first startup and I'd be like, all right, you got the part done? You got that? He's like, dude, all right, all right. I'm like, all right, how about now? You ready? And he's like, dude, quit horsing me. 
Yeah, I you know, I get the same thing. I get the madness about stuff. I get a horse. I mean, you know, dude, I'm I'm strength training my ten year old kid. So I'm a horse. What can so I tell you? That's a good. That's a good trait then. It's a good trait. It's it's a trait. It's a it's, it's a. It it's, might be damaging, but it's also good. It's a. It's 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 uh yeah it's I mean any any strength if overdone is a weakness or whatever right. you can manage you know and it's like yeah um but um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you're. I think it's one. That's one thing we have in common. We both get right. obsessive, or you call it the madness, and it, it manifests a little differently in each of us. And we each have our own weaknesses in terms of I take on too many things. You may lose interest too early, and thing. I don't know what the hell. I mean, you know, there's. It's just. And even saying things like that, it just depends on the context. Yeah. But anyway, so to finish things up, I don't say this. I like this book idea. I am excited about it. And the only reason I was giving you a hard time about it is I just hoping that you, um, you uh, do it the right way, because I want you to succeed. But if it's but if it's wrong, just under you know failing fast, don't just let it wrong, go. Right, but, I, yeah. but I, I, you know, I, I think it's a good shot. And I'm also optimistic about the um, the seven minute workout. I think you're going to get a prize in 30 days, which I think would be a big win for you, because I think this whole show is like the shit sandwich. Like you're you're nice at the beginning, you're mean in the middle, and then you're nice at the end. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you know, look, I mean, I just, you know, I, I, if I think something's false or bullshit, I'm going to call bullshit on it. Right, I'm not right. going to tell you I think something's true or right if it's not. And if I don't think you're avoiding the issue, I just say it. And, you know, I'm sure you have plenty of friends who are just not and tell you whatever you want to hear to make you feel good. And they're not really helpful. People, I mean, the people who say, "Look, I'm supportive of you, I'm positive of you," but when I when you say X is true and I think it's wrong, or, or right, wrong, I'm right. like, I make a mistake. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I appreciate that, and it's good to. I, I like the I like the spoke possibilities. Um, you know, it has some inherent weaknesses. Um, for example, the whole privacy side of it. Um, maybe that might freak some people out, but I don't understand how to deal with that just yet but, but let's we'll let's let's not get on to it we're closing yeah. the show so we can get right. on we get, there's be plenty yeah. of times to speak about spoke right as we uh, but it's it's the thing that i'm going to enjoy validating and i i'm honestly enjoying just that part right now i'm not even i'm as much as you said i'm thinking about building something i'm not i'm just thinking about i am thinking about building the part that validates it that's the part that i'm into okay so yeah, i'm kind of excited about that and we'll see what happens and maybe it'll go somewhere maybe it won't if it doesn't then it, i will fail fast and I will be glad of it. And I don't want to talk about Math Academy. I'll give an update on Math Academy next show. Oh, yes. Show. Oh, next show. Okay. So we're, we're over time. So what are we doing? Like once every two weeks now we're going to... Let's shoot. Oh, that's the... the, the I, I think that's once or two weeks is good. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.